Welcome back to the Nullify Take, where we've got the TNT takes for you on the Challenge All-Stars 3 Episodes 1 and 2, also hosted today on the Reality Realness channel with three S's. I'm your host, Chris, and with me, I have got my two co-hosts and friends, Chantal and Drew. We'll go over to the person who keeps it the realist here on the panel, Chantal. How are you doing? Just feeling real. Feeling real. <laughs> I I am so happy to be back to talk about this season. I didn't realize how much I missed it until I started watching these episodes. And I was so happy there was two of them. I was like, I want another one. I want to binge watch this season. Uh, I, I can't wait to hear what you guys thought about it. I have to go over all of our stats, like everything that's happened this season, the dynamics of everybody. I'm pumped. Happy to be there to be doing it with both of you. So pumped. Yeah, what a what a pleasant surprise to have two episodes drop here right off the bat. I don't think any of us expected it. Drew, you normally you're you're closely, you know, keeping an eye on everything challenge related since your channel has got so much challenge content. You would have probably been the person, you know, if there was one person who could have figured it out, I would have thought Drew would be it. But Drew, did you see it coming? Did did they blindside us here uh, week one already? A hundred percent. I didn't see this uh, coming last season. I even mentioned in my review recap last season, all stars Two, They only gave us like a quote unquote half an episode. Cause all we got was the daily challenge introductions. And then we kind of got into the idea of like, who could possibly be going into the elimination? Who could be the first two leaving? If anything, I thought they would have done something similar to that. If they wanted to do two episodes, I thought uh, last season would have been perfect to put two episodes. If you're going to make, the elimination in the second episode this we get a full-blown two episodes two daily challenges two eliminations i mean i'm not gonna say i didn't like it because i loved having more content it's just the only bad thing is is that if it's still only 10 episodes we're that much closer to it ending that's the only oh, bad side i see on it or, we're gonna have to come in here or, with a downer <laughs> yeah right debbie downer drew <laughs> But Jeez. what if, because people have been saying that it has it's the most the most explosive season, there's so much drama, so maybe there'll be a lot more content. And so maybe they just want, they're like, do you know what? We have the material to be able to still do maybe 11 episodes instead. Mm. Um, and so maybe that's why they decided to do a double this time around, because it is good. I was salivating, like, I love the challenge. <laughs> All-Stars. <laughs> Yes, and you know who we also love? The people who are in here week in and week out in the live stream, you know. And let's say hello to a few people that we may have not been able to talk to for quite a while. People that have missed the channel, like Casta over here says, damn, I missed the channel. Happy to see you three again. Casta, uh, we're very happy to have you here. Jelly in the chat is saying, Wes was Wes. He was indeed. And we will talk Wes about the whole Wes situation. Um, we've got Jess as well in the live stream saying hello to everybody. Rodrigo. Hello, everyone. I'm glad that everyone is back. Um, and Les as well here saying, I think they put two episodes because CBS Challenge is supposed to start airing in the summer after this. So that could be one theory. Or Ooh. I would like to believe maybe we get two episodes in the final this time and they don't have to rush and crunch everything into one episode like they did last season. But who knows at the end of the day. But let's talk about a little bit of this episode and the things that we did see play out in our screens. So let's start right at the beginning. 
we get everybody coming in looking really sharp, you know, dressed for the occasion. And I don't remember if last season we had the scene with everybody arriving and mingling before the game actually started, but I quite like this normally. How do you guys feel about the fact that we get to see them interact and just be themselves a little bit before it's game mode here? Uh, Chantal, we'll start with you obsessed um i love seeing them all dressed up and i felt like if you've ever seen those like murder mystery tv show or movies where like they all come to the manor and they're going to get a clue and they're going to find out <laughs> who's has the, the body like i just felt like you know it was, it was kind of ominous that something major was about to happen but like we're going to start with everybody just dressed to the nines, drinking some champagne, exiting out of the limo, limos. Um, I thought it was a really great start, and I thought everybody looked awesome. Yeah, definitely. True. I mean, I will say that they upped everything this season. I think they know what the type of vibe they're going for with this season. The first season was very much nostalgic. They didn't know exactly what they were going for. They just had the big bus, everybody walking out out of the bus. And then last season, it was more like a vacation. There's still a whole bunch of newbies coming in with a, with some returning cast, but majority were new players and, and I put new in quotation marks, but new players. <laughs> and they were all having like a beach party cabana, just having a good time while TJ was coming up. And this season, I mean, just from the coming soon after All-Stars finale, uh, All-Stars 2 finale, and then that ominous feel, that type of vibe, and they just carry it into this season. It just feels like they just went another level. Like, this isn't All-Stars, we want OGs. This feels like a mix between All-Stars and the main season. And I just love the vibe. I love the cast. I love everything about the season thus far. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Jelly Donut saying I'm writing a paper for the school very similar to the opening of the season. I I'm intrigued. I, I need to know more about this Jelly Donut. Um, and one of the things I wanted to touch on here, um, Sam saying that Jordan and Naya Showmans is being foreshadowed here in the opening scenes. Now, this is one of the two uh, people who arrived together. We see Naya and Jordan arriving together. We get a bit of a flashback for both of them saying that they don't have a great past with the show. Um, you know, things have happened in the past. Jordan says he's extremely remorseful for some of the things that have happened um, and that they're here to right some wrongs and it does look like maybe they've already hooked up like I, the way I saw it when they said you know they got to know each other outside of the show and there's photos of them hanging together um, and that it kind of looks like there's already something happening here am I missing something or is there's photos of them hanging out after the show here I feel like I'm missing something See, I'm confused, right? Because like before the season started, I thought that they rekindled things on the show. And then after the season, we saw them on the boat and like those kissing kind of pictures or whatnot. Mm. So I thought that that's when they rekindled it. But how they kind of presented it this episode, it seems as though they had already rekindled things. And maybe because they rekindled things, both of them were allowed to come back onto the season. So I don't know if it's for foreshadowing unless it's foreshadowing maybe a fight or a breakup um but mm. to me it seems like they were coming together because they've already already rekindled things and to me i thought that they were kind of a couple as opposed to friends that hadn't seen each other in a while do you think we'll see that redemption arc here, Drew? I kind of feel like the, the foreshadowing was more about the redemption than the relationship itself and that that relationship mm. already took place. It's kind of what I got from it, unless I'm looking at it 
completely wrong here. I think there is. I think they've already had a relationship or something, a fling or something to that effect beforehand. Because I remember seeing those pictures of them two together, like on the boat and everything before this was uh, apparently a thing. So I think I remember seeing it way early on. And um, yeah, I think that's what it was. I, I think I feel like they've always been kind of close with each other. They, I, they've had a tumultuous past uh, from their real world season to when we saw them on X's two, the last time we actually saw them on TV together. Uh, but I don't think it was ever anything like, and like, I, I never got that. It was like mute, like hate towards each other. I just felt like it was more like, I don't know, two very passionate people getting getting angry at each other it's kind of like when you mm -hmm. you and your sister yell at you yell at each other you're kind of just like going after each other not necessarily you hate each other at some point i just never got that they necessarily hated one even on his season when he was like imitating I, monkeys and um... i i never saw their real world season oh. i will say that i never saw i only saw the the some of the moments that they put in there i was more talking about exes too uh and right. free agents like they would fight and i remember they would always fight each other but it always seemed like they always circled back around uh and and were able to just be friends um so i'm mm. only speaking on the side of it's what i saw on stuff. the challenge yeah. gotcha 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 yeah. no it, it was really it took me a while to be able to palette jordan because i did watch that season live and i thought i didn't think that he should ever be allowed to be on the show ever again i thought he was despicable so like the fact that they've come around to be dating i think is that is definitely shocking to me because the way that he treated her and like i know that they kind of were had more so of like a brother sister kind of relationship you're kind of suggesting on the show but how he treated her on their season of the uh road the real world i would never i would never speak to him ever again ever like well zero chance zero chance um but um another person i don't remember where i heard this was saying that they came together as a couple to san or to leroy and cam's baby shower so i don't know if you guys heard that um which i thought was interesting but then i also Oops, you, got on, you went on mute accidentally, or you might have unplugged your mic there. <laughs> While Chantel is trying to figure that out, this is live, guys. These kind of things do happen. Oh, well, <laughs> but I, I didn't even you, touch anything. Saying. That was so weird. <laughs> I, I literally did. Like, I wasn't even, like, moving my hands. I'm like, okay, anyways. Strange. Uh, strange things are happening. But, yeah, I heard that um, Laurel and, and Jordan have rekindled something at um, – zach and jenna's wedding so i'm not mm. sure if they're together still or where the truth is in either of those little fling things but um jordan's getting around i guess yeah well he, he is a single guy at the moment you know or we think he's single coming into the season in any case um i i, I think jordan's gonna at some point he's gonna become all jordan again i think he held together really well in these first two episodes and was really like you could see a little bit of that coming up when the sabotage happened but we'll we'll talk about that later on i think at some stage jordan will explode because i just think naturally that is who he is and i think that he struggles from verbal diarrhea sometimes where he says things before he thinks about it um and I didn't watch those original seasons. It sounds horrible. I, you know, I can't speak to some of the things that happened there. Um, but I do hope he does get a redemption arc. I do hope he gets to show a different side to him. Because I do think with a lot of these personalities on our TV shows, we normally get to see a certain personality 
that the show wants to show us basically like that's why you can have one person be the hero one season and the villain the next season but let's talk about a person who might be i guess the anti-hero for this season or a bit of a villain themselves mr wes bergman the ominous music when he entered the house here and <laughs> so much focus in this first episode being around West being a dirty player, not going to be playing a straightforward game. You know, he will do anyone dirty, Drew. What did you think of Wes's entry here and especially how people reacted to him? Because in the preseason when we did our draft picks, you were very, uh, you and Chattel both were very, you know, adamant he's got a lot of connections here, but it does look like a lot of people also once Wes out of the game here. So it's a little bit of a 50-50 scenario for him walking into this house. It's not going to be an easy walk for Wes this season. It doesn't look like that in any case. When you are someone that conducts yourself and acts like Wes, I mean, you're going to have either people hate you or they love you. There's no in-between. There's no people that are like, I could take it or leave them. It's, it's very much on the audience side, but also on the cast side. I think there's always going to be that, that point where, Wes is going to come out. He's he's on an all-star season. He's not going to lay back. He's not going to lay low, be like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever I want. He is going to come out. He's going to be guns a-blazing. He doesn't care. Like, he, who does he think really is going to try to take him out this early? I think he knows why he's here. He knows that this show can't last forever or this this show is not going to last for three months, four months. So it's not like double agents the last season he was on and he's kind of being on there going like, well, I'm hoping I can make it far into this three month shoot. It's going to be like two weeks, three weeks. So he knows like, OK, all these no names. I got to stand out. I got to be the old West that I, I that people know me to be. And I'm going to just be out here doing my thing and. If I go home early, then I go home early. I think that's the mentality. I think he knows that he has to come out. He has to show intention. He has to be the West that we want him to be and know he can be. And uh, yeah, you could just tell from the very beginning that this is going to be uh, very West heavy for a while. Like episode one, you knew that he was going to be kind of in the middle of things. Either he was going to win something or he was going to be thrown into the elimination. The way he steps in to the into the uh, house and you have five people just talking about him and he's over there laughing doing the same like repeat loop that they put him on of him laughing while everybody else is talking i mean derek only had like two two confessionals in episode one and one of them was talking about wes it wasn't even like talking about anything it was just talking about wes um, so I thought that was that was very telling to know, like, OK, Wes is going to be stirring up something early and he's going to be in the talks often. Absolutely. And and but that's one thing that I love about Wes is that you he knows his role. Right. Like even when he decided um, in the main season to team up with bananas and do that whole switcheroo on on instead of going against each other to be working together undercover like they did that because they're acting as mini producers while they're on this show. They know that they need, like him particularly, knows he needs to be the villain for there to be a season. If there's nobody that everybody hates and is going after that's like that's winning things and, and taking out your favorites, all that stuff, like, is there a show? Is it going to be interesting? So he's coming in to really make everybody remember why he's so popular on in the franchise, why the producers must love him and will always have him back because he knows how to create 
interesting television. He knows how to get people to hate him. He knows, and he's still good. And not just he, that. I just want to add, not just that. He also knows how to paint pictures around other players to get a perception around them that maybe wouldn't have been there. Like, yes, you know, he's finding the most likable guy on the cast and he's painting him as this pompous guy out there who is going to be a prick, basically, or the person he's going to go after. He's making a likable person, you know, his, villa, his, his rival this season. Like, how many people can do that and paint that kind of narrative around a pretty likable person because you know if you if you didn't have west there would yes have been seen in the same light as we as an audience are seeing him currently no because west is so good at doing that as a producer or creative person on the season sorry to interrupt your train of thought but i think that's a skill that not many people have and and we like i was laughing about the fact that you know josh really wants west to be targeting him in, in the main season and have this big beef and I respect the fact that Wes kind of only targets people that he's he he actually fears a little bit. And so I think mm. that, you know, he gives a little bit of respect to Yes, that, you know, he's calling Wes a dirty player. Like, come on, Wes, sorry, Yes, a dirty player? Yes. Come on, Wes, you are the dirtiest of dirties. You know, like, you'll do anything to, to do well in this game. And so I think that it's a little bit of a game respect game as to, as to targeting Yes, that Josh will never get that respect from Wes in the main season, which I think is also quite hilarious. And I think yeah. that's exactly what it is about Wes is that he knows yes is a strong player. And so is Jordan. I mean, he's never punching downwards. I don't think he's ever, but mm. maybe in some of his comments, he's playing around and, and joking around and kind of putting, but he's always going after like bananas. He never liked Kenny. He never liked Evan, but they were such big figures in the game. Mm -hmm. CT, he was yelling at CT all throughout rivals. And it's like, it's because he knows what he has to do. And he knows that if, He's going to try to get out yes at some point. He needs to paint a picture of him and kind of call him out and kind of be like, look, yes is is a huge person. And if he's going to be playing, trying to play an under the radar kind of game that he did in All-Stars 1, he can easily sneak by all the way to the finals as a likable guy. But Wes is there going like, okay, I worry about that guy. I worry about being in a foot race uphill, up a mountain against this man uh, that I need to start kind of like getting the pushing lines in the sand and then us having to go up against each other. This is like light side versus the dark side. And this time Wes is on the dark side and yes, is being this like holier than thou. Uh, I want to run the finals with the strongest people. I want Jordan in the finals with me. And, uh, and Wes is <laughs> I like, think he's I don't want that any now. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying that now. So yeah. he's not immediately targeted, um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. And and one of the things I'm really enjoying about West before we move on from him here is that, you know, he has got this chip on his shoulders. He's had a couple of seasons now in a row where he's come back. Things have not gone his way. He has been humiliated a few times, losing against the likes of a Devon, losing against the likes of a Bear at eliminations, like people you would not expect him to lose against and leaving the game early. And I like the scene where he's on the treadmill the next morning and he's running and they're giving us all these flashbacks of people, you know, talking down to him, saying that he's not good enough or that he's a weasel and all this kind of thing, because you know that that has 
been brewing in waste for a couple of seasons now since he's set he set out of actually participating and he's coming in with i think a different kind of fire this season so um i actually did my top five uh contenders on the nullify take channel um as well self a, a little bit of a, a plug there too for people that haven't seen it <laughs> west was one of the five people that i said will come in with a chip on his shoulder and that's why i think he is someone that we should look out for i think quite a few of those people that i thought coming into the season would feature did end up featuring here in the first couple of episodes let's talk a little bit about some of the lighter moments here before we move into the first challenge we've got a few people like tina and veronica um they've got friendship outside of the game tina walking outside on the platform getting stuck in her high heels yeah. which was a funny scene and then kayla walking into the pool as they were going outside so there's a few of these all-stars i don't know what they're doing but the producers are doing them dirty but it's one of the things i love about mtv is that they will show people at their best but they'll also show out the flaws um, of them <laughs> when they're out there in the game um some of the lighter moments as we move into sorry did you want to say something on that Chantel? no i was just gonna say nothing important don't worry <laughs> go ahead <laughs> as, as as we as we um move on to the first daily challenge here quite an interesting daily challenge where they have to run up and down look through a little peephole see what uh different puzzle pieces are there and it's a memory puzzle that they have to then run back and complete on the other end and i thought tyler you know he again we didn't talk much about tyler here but obviously he's going to feature mainly in this first episode he came in wanting to be the guy that's going to be there for his friends and all that tyler just seems to be someone you know into this challenge into the season again with just not the right mindset and i think I kind of called it Chantel when I said, I don't think there was enough time between seasons for Tyler to go and look at what went wrong in his first game and to get himself in shape and to take this challenge seriously. I don't think he's there to win anymore. I think he is just there to have a reunion and hang out with friends he hasn't seen in a long time, sadly. Well, I was hoping that he was coming in with some fire, but then learning that he broke two ribs in that um, pole mm. wrestle and he shifted, I think his diaphragm, he said, or some, some other organ, he shifted. So he kind of got beaten up even more than I I, I I knew that he had. And so if I had realized that, that he was recovering of some like broken bones, I probably would not have been so high on him returning like a couple months later. So yeah, agreed. Well, what's interesting is that I remember the that Bananas was originally supposed to be on this cast and that he actually flew out on location and pulled out at the last minute. That's the what I heard originally. And so Tyler was the alternate for Bananas. So I wonder if he signed on, was like, okay, I'll just be the alternate. I probably won't get used until the middle of the season or maybe somebody will get uh, pulled out and then I'll be sent in. So he was recovering and then maybe he thought like, okay, I'll go on site and then maybe start working out or something. And then all of a sudden was kind of just thrown into the deep end. Um, I, 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 I feel for him and Melinda uh, not to get into the next episode too quickly, but I mean, they are coming off of some, some pretty big injuries and, and coming into the season that was, I want to say like two months, they were, they wrapped up and then two months later they were heading out to Panama to film this season. So, I mean, and this season is, as we were talking about, looks intense compared to the other two seasons combined. So this is not a season to come in unprepared, uh, not at your 100%. I mean, the two, the all four people that we saw go into the elimination or the four people that left, I mean, you would not guess that those were the people that were going to be sent in early into the season 
Uh, and it's, 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 it just shows that this season is going to be something that we've never seen before, a challenge season we've never seen before. Yeah, I think that um, the, the level of competitors coming into the season alone, there is going to be very few layups for you to go into an elimination against. So again, like you said, not the right season for that. He did have his moment here, though, in the Daily Challenge that I found really funny. We were saying he's done chasing boys out of his life, you know, so he was very happy with being in there, you know, surrounded by all these men looking through the hole um, as they were doing it. And there was a lot of... Um, Funny sexual uh, jokes made throughout both of these episodes, which we'll probably get into. But I can't remember who said it looks like the boys are looking through a Tina. People. Of course Tina. it's yeah, Tina. Yeah, yeah. What you, who else would it be? Come on. My girl. What did you guys think of this challenge as a whole? Did you enjoy this? Like this would be one of those challenges if I did it. I, I think I would do okay. I would do okay with this because there's a running component to it, some memory component to it. Um, it did look probably that there was a lot of detail in the little animals and the different colors that wanted. I think Derek pointed it out. You had to like figure out if it was a reptile or a fish and he couldn't even remember if there was a fish on the little pictures on there. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's probably that attention to detail that would be the difficult thing. Um, it's not the most... I guess, bedazzled explosions type of challenge to start us off with. But I think it's a nice way to warm us into the season as the first daily challenge here. Yeah, I, I, I like the challenge. I think it was good for the fact that like there was different elements to it, kind of like you suggested. I do wish that, because we learned that Cyrus, he's colorblind. And so mm. like, I forgot about that. Like at the end, I was like, wow, Cyrus, come on, you could have done better. But then everybody's like, she's colorblind. And then when I rewatch it, I'm like, oh yeah, he clearly states that he's colorblind. And how they had the colors on the board that they had to memorize were so muted that it would be very difficult to differentiate it, like it without being colorblind because they're just kind of so similar in hue and so it would have been nice if they were really bright and bold colors so even if he's colorblind he would be able to differentiate with different like i don't know shades of gray or shades of green or red i don't know how his colorblindness works but i just thought that they someone saying justice <clears throat> for cyrus like they did him a little bit dirty for the fact that the colors were just so similar in hue that it would be very hard to differentiate if say everything was looking gray you know yeah i i forgot about cyrus being colorblind but 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 knowing that going into this i mean it's kind of like how could he not get last place essentially coming into a a, a game that it, details are the whole crux of the game i mean it's it's the minutia of knowing what color is the background the foreground the the animals i mean i don't know i mean to me this was fine this was a a, a decent one i think it was a nice one to get everybody kind of like acclimated to the game whether you're new or you're you're coming back from all-star season one season two it was nothing flashy but it was still something that we would normally see on a challenge i just felt like oh my gosh really i i totally forgot about that um and i just felt i felt bad for cyrus i'm happy that he was able to win um sad it was against tyler but i'm happy that he was able to win the elimination and stay in the game because i just felt like if he would have went out first because of that especially at the elimination where he said that this could be his last time here uh, it just really sucks. It would it would have been yeah. terrible to go out like that after he got fit, after he was looking better. His mentality is looking good. He has a lot of friends. And I feel like he's one of the players that's really enjoying himself in the game. And to go out like that would have been really terrible. Like, I feel bad for Tyler, but I also would. I, I'm glad that Cyrus got to stay in there. Um, but but this game, 
uh, kind of signified to me that I would have to wear like goggles or prescription goggles or something because I can't see six feet past my face without it and things getting no blurry. Contacts? So no contacts. Oh. I don't wear contacts. I don't put things in my eyes. So I would have to wear like those goggles like James Worthy or uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would wear in the NBA. Like I would have to wear prescription those to like really tie on my face to be able to see very far away because <laughs> I would be like I'd be dead I'd be like well I'm going into elimination I guess <laughs> <laughs> interesting oh, well we learn something new about you every day here Drew like um, I didn't know that about you but it's it's an interesting point you guys bring up here because I feel like in the production of the show over the seasons and seasons now we've seen these unfair things happen quite a bit and you've got to wonder do production ever go after a season and say okay what, what worked this season what didn't work what may our audience see in a certain way but then again the, the casual person out there probably didn't even notice it or kind of looked over it i forgot about it until Chantel just brought it up that you know he's colorblind but it also comes into play for those eating challenges where people are forced to eat things when they're potentially not you know they're vegan they can't eat meat or it's a uh, ramadan you know and their religion don't allow for them to eat and things like that so i do think that it should be looked at and there should be um this should be taken into consideration when you cast certain people ask them about some of these things up in advance uh, i don't know how the planning works i've sure they've got a million things to plan out so it's we're always going to remember the one or two things they get wrong and sadly in this case they got it wrong and luckily it didn't end up setting cyrus home um i did want to touch on one of the questions here from george vlogs it's jumping ahead to the end of episode one but i don't want to forget about it because i think it was an interesting little bit that we saw there before we went to episode two uh george here says that at the end of episode one you could see johnny in an interview and like drew mentioned Johnny was out there, so they could have done this little thing before he left. They could have had him on camera. Um, and then we're saying the interview is over. Do you guys have any predictions of what that is all about? Um, I've got a feeling that, jo like you guys mentioned earlier, both Bananas and Wes, they're great at production. They're great at creating drama. Bananas wasn't going to be on the season. He had to go for whatever reason. But he thought, how can I still add to the drama of this season? So I think it's going to be played up for the camera personally. But it's probably going to be a dig at Wes or something that's going to happen here that's going to get Wes fired up. And I had a theory, are they trying to play for a next rival season because they've now squashed the beef? Does this you know, manufacture this rift between them again if there is going to be a rival season in the future where they could potentially still end up being paired together because they've never been paired together and they're probably one of the most legendary rivalries throughout all of the seasons, Chantel. So, yeah, I'm thinking that it's going to be another bananas backpack situation, but maybe reverse. So maybe it's going to be West that's going to be taken out in some capacity by um, bananas. Um, something like that. I, maybe he was, maybe bananas was never coming to actually be on the season. Maybe he was coming on as a mercenary or something like that. Um, and also, obviously, it would bring in the drama. Like, it ha obviously, it'd have to be the time when Wes maybe is going to be going down into elimination that Bananas is brought out to do some sort of battle against him or, you know, for, for Wes to stay in the game. So with that, I also wouldn't be surprised if it was to have them come on the next season to have a storyline to be continued in the next All-Stars. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think, regardless, it's to further along further their storyline along whether it's going to be as rivals or as as allies because the next season is ride or dies so maybe it, they're going to be ride or dies now so who knows but i do think it's supposed it's going to advance the story and i wouldn't be surprised if it's bananas as a mercenary of some sort 
So I did a shot for shot of the super trailer oh. and I put it out today. Uh, looking at the the footage of bananas and they tried to like put a blue tint on it and maybe down the exposure and maybe the huge saturation to me i don't think he's there on location i think Ooh. he's on a computer screen and i think when wes goes in to do like a skype call everybody's going to be thinking he's going to be calling his wife but realistically he's calling bananas and oh. they're gonna like talk about the season he's gonna He's going to say something to the fact of like, listen to this, listen to this. I had a sabotage. I won the first daily challenge. And then the next day I gave a sabotage to Jordan and then he was in the authority. And you know what? He didn't send me in. And then bananas is laughing because that's a stupid move that Jordan didn't send in. <laughs> and they're going to be having a fun time and joking around, or they're going to play a prank on him saying like your wife's on the Skype call. He's going to run in there. Be like, okay, I wonder what's going on. And then bananas pops on the screen. And he's like, effing bananas. Like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's it's funny how much drama one person who's not in the season and anticipation can generate. And that's the power of bananas on the challenge and also the dynamic between Wes and bananas. But let's get back on to this episode. So we do um, find out a few key things on how the season is going to play out because we do have people outright winning this, both Cynthia and um, Wes. They're the quickest to get through Sylvia? it. But uh, Sylvia, Sylvia, sorry, and Wes. Yeah, they're the quickest to get through it. But we find out that it's not just going to be them having power. It is going to be uh, something that they're going to put together called the authority. And there's going to be three people, um, three men, three women that are going to make a decision as to who is going to go down against the last place challenger of the daily. And also we find out about the sabotage as a whole. Um, Drew, you're someone that always loves to get into the production and the themes and what should we do next? I know you're a big fan of the kill cards. You always want that to come back. What did you think of the dynamic here um, of the twist or the, the, I guess the theme of the season, how it's going to play out? Do you like this? Does this get the angel cake entertainment approval here on this podcast? I am infatuated with this <laughs> format it's such a good format it's so simple we can follow it tj says it in a few sentences you know exactly <laughs> what's going on what's on the line what's at stake who's safe who's not safe if you're first you get an extra thing besides just being safe you get an extra thing which is a sabotage but you get to make a decision of who goes in or you're in the decision of who goes in. So there's incentive for first, there's incentive for second and third, and then there's incentive to keep on playing so you're not last. So to me, this is great. This is fantastic. Like if I can't have the kill card or the free agents for format, like exactly how it was planned out in season 25, I want this format for the main season. It makes so much sense. I think they were trying to do something with it, with the Emerald team and having multiple players be, mm. be safe. It just didn't work out. It just, it, it, there was no way of it working out at that point. But to me, this is it. Like this is a legit, really good, really simple and effective format. And I, I, I couldn't stop gushing about it over on my tiny table talk or my review and recap <laughs> I put out this week. I, I just could not because it was just so... Ugh. It's just really good. I really, really like this, uh, this format. Oh, so did I. Just because we're always complaining about people not really being incentivized to like 
do well. We're like, okay, give them some yeah. money so they're going to be wanting to do well. Like, no, uh, you know, we want them to go in right away if they're if they're last. So no, they're not giving us that in the main seasons. Like, so they really put on both ends, like things that make them not just want to be coasting safe in the middle. And uh, like, I definitely, definitely appreciate that because, oh, well, if I'm like going to be fourth, like I might as well try a little bit harder and be third. So at least I'm going to be safe here instead of like most of the time, if people are going to be even second, they might just not even try that much harder because it doesn't matter. They know they're not going to be last, but they're not going to be first. So I'm not going to try that hard. So I think it ups the level of competitiveness, which is awesome. And I love that the people that are on the, that, that sucks. They got to go in. There you go. It's it's perfect for now. Yeah. And there's only there's only two things in episode one that the players don't know. They don't understand the sabotage at this stage because that's only going to be explained in the second round. And then obviously when the eliminations come in and you get the additional star, we all don't know what that is going to mean as of yet. Uh, Drew, you know, I saw you wanting to tag out, but I am going to come to you on this one here. What do you think this additional star could mean? Like, you know, is this like, um, I don't know if you ever played Game Boy back in the day, but when you ran, you had like hearts. And the more hearts you had, it meant that you could fail if you were playing and you could get another chance do you think this is a, a an additional save in the game that they can use at some point do you think it gives them an advantage going into the final that maybe they get a time advantage or they get to choose maybe the teams round one like how do you think this additional star is going to play into the game like i mean i feel like it's the the biggest mystery at this point but at least this is the only mystery still now for us as viewers we just don't know that little nuance to the game yeah, I love that you said Nintendo, and I try to I try to draw Wes as Mario back here with the star <laughs> on his hat. Um, I don't know. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest question mark right now is what is the stars? Like, what do the stars mean? Um, there's a ton of theories that were going on in my comment section this past week, whether it could be uh, for an advantage in the finals. Maybe it's an accumulative thing where if you get two, you can do something. Three, you can. Uh, it could be a life shield. What happens if somebody takes out Tina? Do they get all three of her stars? Uh, it, I, there's just so much going on. I, I want to know. I don't even want to theorize about it because I just want TJ to tell me already. Just tell me. <laughs> What the stars mean, don't wait until like episode five and be like, oh, by the way, you saw those stars on there? Now I'll tell you what's going on. It's like, I just now want mean to nothing. know <laughs> now. Yeah, it's just like, well, it's an extra it's an extra second that you get on an advantage in the finals. It's like, I want to know now so I can temper yeah. my expectations when we get there because we could be <laughs> theorizing till the cows come home and then it just be like falling flat. Like, I just want to well, know, just tell me they should have told us in episode two. That's why I thought we got two episodes that they could like flesh out everything and that way we know exactly what's going on for the rest of the time. But they, they're still holding on to that secret. They're like, we got to keep everything away from you guys. Keep we can't give you everything. Yeah, yeah, keep keep us in on it. You don't need to let the players know what's going on, but we want to know what's what's ahead at least. But you know, Chantel, this is incentivizing Darrell to do something that he hasn't really had to do all that much in All Stars One and Two. He wants to jump in there and go get a couple of those stars. You know, do you think that's a good move for Darrell to start jumping no. into eliminations for stars? And we don't even know what the hell the star is in the first place. That's exactly like the wrong thing to do. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched um, on YouTube the challenge, um, their channel, they had all the players like, you know, do you want to coast to the end or do you want to go down and fight? And there were some mm. players that are saying like, oh no, I want to go down and fight and earn my spot. And like all the smart players are like, I mean, if I have to, I'll do it. But like, I'd rather just coast to the end. And so I think that 
he should know better that if you go down, you have more of a likelihood of going home, no matter how good you are, especially with this season being super stacked, that I would not be risking it for a star that I don't even know what its value is. Like, hell to the no. I'd rather yeah, well, be in first, second, or third. We've got Baby Ice here um, saying, I hope it's a live shield. We need Tina safe. And obviously, she's got a couple of stars after these uh, first couple of episodes that we've seen. But um, Yeah, trade it in for immunity. <laughs> That'd be great. Exactly. You get five stars or something? Like a, Three stars? It needs to be like an extra life in the game or something like that. But I don't think they'll do it because it will mess with their scheduling and everything they're trying to fit into like a two-week or three-week production out there. What if um, they can replace themselves with somebody, though? What if they're like, okay, I got, I got three stars. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't want to go in so i'm gonna pick who goes in instead or something i mean i hope so i hope it amounts to something i hope it's not a nothing burger like we've had some of these things be in the past you know uh it's interesting that they're it feels like they're building on the skulls theme but with the skulls theme you knew what was ahead or the players knew what it meant they had to have it to get into a finale but with this one, the players don't really know, so it's really hard for them to know, is it really worth it to go down there? So I don't know if Darrell's just saying it for the camera, so I hope he is, because he's in my team, and I've already... It's been a massacre this week, I'm not going to lie. It's been uh, it's been hard, you know, being Team Chris this week. Um, I don't need him to be going in there next week and immediately get out of the game, because he's running up against a Jordan or someone crazy that can take him out potentially in this game, because they're at that level, you know? Um, but it was interesting because we get the authority formed here and we're going to get the first couple of people come together to talk about who potentially could go down there um, in this first episode. And they can go a couple of different ways. Uh, they can they can choose here. It's between, yes, Kellyanne, MJ, Veronica, and obviously um, Sylvia and Wes. They're the authority here in the first episode. They can do the easy thing here. They can go for people who are at the bottom makes sense because you know the whole season is you have to perform if you're a high performer you're safe or they can throw some big threats down there and a lot of people don't know which way it's going to go it's interesting because this is where you know yes says that he doesn't care who he runs against in the end he he happily run against jordan um wes does seem to cave in a little bit here and does go down the direction of let's do the easier vote here in this first episode even though mj the other champion there wants to go after Jordan, what did you guys think of the deliberation? Do you like the fact that Wes controlled himself here? Because you, you've got to be thinking that someone like him wanted to play with MJ here and wanted to make the big move. And respect to MJ for coming into play. Like I, that's how I personally would play if I was to play. I would take out Jordan. I would go after the big names right from the start. It might mean that I'm in the elimination in the next round. But I sure as hell want to throw those players in there as often as I can so I don't go up against them. Chris, are you trying to lose this game? Is that is that your strategy? <laughs> um, or I, I could just be a what... demon in the sand. Who knows? I might win a bunch <laughs> of eliminations. Maybe. <laughs> full of stars. But with Wes, I think that he he really he wanted Jordan. He wanted that to be the, the call. But I think that he was kind of pretending like, oh, I'm good with anything. You know, do whatever, whatever is good for every and kind of keep the peace so that in case he's not in that power position the next time they won't be like okay i immediately have to retaliate and, and strike back and so i think that he wanted to put the bug in everybody's ears so that if he's not in that power position next time maybe they'll call the shot and decide that jordan is the person to take out and it's not on his watch it's not him you know calling the war he's starting the war off with jordan and so i think that he intentionally chose to not make that decision so 
that if Jordan's in power, he won't be pushing for West to be the, a person that goes down and in, into the elimination. But maybe the other people would, that would be around him if Jordan, if him or himself or Jordan weren't in the, what is it called? Alliance, the agenda, the... The authority, authority. authority. Sorry, well, my a words. Um, and so yeah, that maybe that they'll decide that hey, like let's go for Jordan here, since we can we can get this shot. So I think that it was all part of his master plan. Timing is everything, and if we remember back when co the conversations were happening with Veronica and Tyler, um, which bonkers. Uh, a strategy there, Tyler, to be like, I'm the guy that's fun. Everybody wants to keep me around. If you're friends yeah. with everybody, you're friends with nobody, essentially. And that but... scares me for a couple of players, uh, including Mark, who we see is a good time for everybody until push comes to shove and nobody wants to keep him safe until, oh, wait, I should have said a different name instead of another name if I really wanted to do it. But anyways, um, it, it comes down to Veronica saying to Tyler, who can beat Cyrus and Cynthia or who will win? A, who will, who will Cyrus and, uh, and um, oh gosh, Cynthia win against. And Veronica's like, I don't think they'll win against anybody. I think anybody in this house could take them out. So I think that's in the minds of can Cyrus take out Jordan or am I going to just initially, am I going to just pull that cord now? And then yeah. week two, day two, uh, all hell is going to be broken out on top of this challenge house on me when we can play nice for a little bit and I'll take my shot when I feel like I can take my shot. And maybe if I get back into the, into the authority in episode three, four, five, maybe later is better because then the bigger players that have gone in eliminations and proved themselves, then you can throw uh, maybe Jordan in against somebody else there. So that's where I think Wes is coming from. Do I think Cyrus can beat him? Not so, not, not, I don't think so. And I don't want to take Cyrus out right now because Cyrus and Wes are mm. friends. So I think he was thinking, okay, well, we'll just take out Tyler. We'll keep the, the heat off of us because we were the first people to do this. Let's go with the boring strategy and then we can get spicier as the, as the game progresses. So I think that's also the mentality of like the timing isn't right right now trying to take out, uh, take to take right. out Jordan. Yeah, no, that, that's 100% fair. It was interesting though that they're, all coming into this wanting to save certain players at certain times you've got veronica who's got this friendship with tina they, they've been friends outside of the game for a long time and they have a bit of a conversation here and veronica chooses she's the other person here that has to make a big decision she either stands up for her friend her real life friend here and saves her in the game or she understands that the the momentum against her is too much and again she has to you know, lose the battle to win the war eventually. That's the way she's thinking. But Tina is a very, like, lover or hater. I love her for the drama that she brings to the show. She's an emotional player. And I do feel like she's not going to forget that Veronica did not have her back here. And she even says this afterwards. She says that Veronica's now made the first move. So I won't feel guilty about taking a swing down the, down the line. Chantel... Tell us a little bit more about this relationship between Veronica and Tina and how you see this playing out. Do you think Tina will let this go? Or do you think that is what we are being told here? It's being foreshadowed. Tina's going to take a stab back in Veronica. And this could be one of those things where Veronica, you know, it's a hard, you know, in hindsight, the season is over now. Maybe she should have had her back a little bit more there or something in regards to how that was explained to Tina. Um, you know, I mean, I, I look at it this way, the second episode, You've got Brad saying he's going to refuse to vote for Mark. And we see the votes and Brad did not vote for Mark. 
should Veronica have not voted for Tina? Because it sounded like it was unanimous. I think that, and I understand Veronica not wanting to show over all her cards and put all her game on the line for Tina. I actually think it could be a good thing for Veronica's game for sure that if Tina does stay in the game, that people are not necessarily looking to break them up, them being a strong duo. They're always going to be saving each other. I think it takes them out of that category of like, oh, I will never, ever be able to say that person's name. And, and so I think it doesn't allow people to want to break them up. <clears throat> and we see that happens with um, Cynthia, or sorry, now I'm calling her Cynthia, with Sylvia and um, Kayla. You know, it's the same thing. Like, yeah, it's great that you're like, okay, well, my non-negotiable is going to be Sylvia here. But now people are like, okay, that's your non-negotiable. Let's like break up that person that's always going to be fighting for you that if they're in a power position so i think that veronica was kind of looking really far ahead i think she was expecting that tina would be able to come out on top here and was hoping that it would just lower their threat level as a duo so i think that tina will get over it i don't know if she will have power for her to able to be able to retaliate against veronica and i think push comes to shove that she would keep veronica in a vote if that, that i don't think she'd be spiteful so I think that I think Veronica made the, a better move. It's it's just interesting. It's an interesting way of, of of putting your 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 alliance on the line or your friendship on the line here. Where I'm not saying like oh it's friendship you can't put your friends in, but it's it's interesting because if anybody was coming into the game knowing the history and everybody knows the history, I mean you know that Tina and Veronica are like like this, like they're yeah. they're friends. They you you can point it out. Like it's. So it's interesting that it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to put I'm not going to say anything more. I do like that. I think Yes was trying to help Veronica out. And I think the Yes, Veronica, Tina trio could be a thing because Yes did try to be like, oh, we want to do the bottom two. Like we want to have the bottom three kind of in the mix of it because I think he was going to try to push Ronnie, which I'm surprised with one, how much camera time Ronnie is getting for not really being directly related to any of the actual like uh, challenge business that's going on. Like she's not, her name's not being said. She's not winning into the authority. Nobody's actually saying her name. She's not like really connected with anybody. The most we see her is in a confessionals. She got more confessionals than Brad, Derek, uh, I think Jemmy in the first episode. Wow. I mean, she got five confessionals and majority of those confessionals were nobody's talking to me. I don't have any connections. Um, I'm worried that my name could be brought up. Nothing silent from from Ronnie. And I I I felt like it while we were going into the authority. Yes, Tina was going to be on the line for coming in second to last. I thought that it would have been an easy bait and switch on a normal challenge season. It would have been an easy bait and switch to say like, Oh, well, why don't we go after Ronnie? She came in the bottom three. She doesn't really have that many. It's a very safe decision to throw Ronnie in. I'm happy but that Ronnie got to stay. I'm happy that Tina was thrown into the elimination. She actually had to go in, especially with what happened last season. I wanted to see Tina go in early and prove herself and actually get that win and I didn't want it to be like this one-off thing that if she got sent into another elimination that she would just quit again. Like I didn't want, I wanted to make sure that that wouldn't happen. Like episode six, episode seven, we get so far down the line. People that actually want, want to be there are leaving while Tina is just like, just chilling out until she actually gets thrown under the bus. And then she like has this reactionary. Cause she's a very reactionary uh, player that 
she would have this reaction to be like, I'm just going to give up again. Like, I don't care. Like, I, I don't, I don't yeah. want to be here anymore. Like, I wanted to see that early from Tina. And I'm happy that Tina went in, won, got redemption, and actually looks like she wants to play this season. And, and that builds confidence as well. Like, you need Tina to get that confidence that she can still do it while she's out <laughs> there. Because she's phenomenal TV. So the more confidence she has going into the next elimination or the one after that, the better for us. Because like you said, she won't just quit, you know, which is what we don't want to see, right, Chantel? Well, I think one of the reasons why they didn't throw Ronnie in, and they probably didn't show this, but optically that looks terrible that three out of the like seven black people mm. on the season are mm. going to be going down into elimination first time, first round. So and I also think the one that, gay per- and also the one gay person, like you know, right, just to put it out. It's there. just so, yeah. not great that people that are kind of generally in the minority of things in these um these games um would all be going down to fight for their spots. So they didn't show that conversation, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that came up in that deliberation um mm. optically to have ronnie and cynthia going against each other first round when they both haven't been on the show in 18 years i think that just looks terrible so i think that could also be one of the reasons why ronnie wasn't really an option here yeah and, and i think ronnie you know you bring up a good point drew she was all over this first couple of episodes she even said i could be going in here she could be the blue chip stock this season she could be yes because yes was involved in conversations from the start he didn't play the show for such a long time who knows like fingers crossed we see a deep run for ronnie this season i want to see what she's about you know i like the confessionals about i've won a lot of times when i've been out here you know i'm a bit older now but i know what it's like to win you know and i've got she's got a standard that she's putting out there for herself that she wants to achieve again. I like that. I like people that put that standard out there for themselves and want to be excellent and and strive for that, which she seems to have that. Yeah. And the one thing I will say about Ronnie is I want to see her get a little bit more confidence in the game. I mean, she hasn't been in elimination. We haven't seen her since season seven, but she's in fantastic shape. And Mm. I think she has some form of, politics or a social game she knows she wants to play i think she knows exactly what she needs to do to make it far into the game but every single confessional she's like i don't know i feel like i'm running slow i'm at grandma speed i'm not doing my very best i don't feel like anybody wants to talk to me i feel like that's her like in like feeling just insecure in the moment Mm -hmm. being in a game with a lot of uh bigger names maybe uh she hasn't been in this realm for a lot there's a lot of younger players compared to the other all-star season but i think that's setting up for what we could see her opening up uh in the next coming episode because i did see in the super trailer she's laughing at one point and it's coming after a scene where sylvia's like gone are the days that men are running this game and i feel like maybe there could be something cooking up where we did hear wes say in this second episode we haven't gotten there yet but we did hear Wes saying in the second episode that there are like many little alliances around the house and if you could just pick up some numbers then you'll feel better and you'll get you'll have more numbers on your end and Ronnie's there Ronnie's there and she's willing she wants to win and she's a known winner like she is there and she wants she's a to free agent she's yeah a exactly free agent. she is <laughs> I feel like one of the most valuable players left in this game and it's like somebody scoop her up and let's run the game together kind of thing yeah, I feel like it would be a Veronica sweep up, though. Like, you know, somebody that was in those old school shows, like from the beginning, I feel like more likely because um, we do hear. Hey, watch, out, watch after- out for uh, Nehemiah now that Cynthia's gone. I'm sure her boyfriend's very happy about that. You know, <laughs> Nehemiah might be swooping in there. <laughs> you never know. A little swoop, swoop. Hi, Joe um, OGs. I don't-, <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying now. 
<laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you were saying it would probably be um, Ronnie working with Veronica most likely because of that OG connection and being from that same era. I think that's what you were saying. No, but I was going to say something else, but I, I, it was. I'm so sorry. That's like, <laughs> okay. But I don't remember. They did, they, they did play and win Gauntlet together along with Darrell. I do feel like they're downplaying how close Darrell and Ronnie could be because oh, they were shown it, they were shown some scenes back in Gauntlet and then they also came in together. I do think that there is more connections with a lot of these other players, but there's so many things overshadowing with the game and everything like like this is the thing why I wish this show was an hour and a half and the main season was 45 minutes because there's so <laughs> much we want to see and they could show us but they don't because of the time restraint, which is 45 minutes. I wish this show was at least an hour Fall. together because that way we could see a lot more of yes saying like, oh, I like Jemmy, which I was like, okay, I know you worked together on the first season, but I didn't know how close you actually were. We haven't really seen yes and Veronica so tight knit, but we know that connection is there. Uh, Ronnie mm -hmm. and Darrell, we haven't seen Darrell, Derek, much of Brad. It's like, there's so many players that are in here that we want to see more of. We're just not getting it because of the storylines and the bigger personalities. But that's why that's the, an, that's another critique I would have, and it's a very nitpicky critique. But it's I want more. <laughs> like I we've, want. We've longer. been saying we've been saying this for a while right now. So yeah. Um, yeah. What was I, what I was going to say though was um at like recently Wes has been saying that you know Veronica and all of her minions and kind of talking down to the amount of power it seems like Veronica has and so that's another reason for me to believe that maybe Ronnie does get swooped up by Veronica and she starts building and he has this beef now with yes so I feel like maybe Wes was not able to get the numbers that he's used to and he had this big faction of Veronica and all the people that are willing to work with her that might have been able to outsmart with the West man himself so that's kind of what I'm looking forward to seeing happen yeah I do want to move on to I guess the elimination we haven't even gotten into the elimination for episode one here but I mean there's so much to talk about right and oh, this you. elimination is an interesting one it's called crawl brawl so we want to have a whole brawl we've got a crawl brawl on our hands in this episode and it's going to be cyrus versus tyler uh, cynthia versus tina and obviously we know how it plays out with cyrus winning versus tyler i wasn't too shocked cyrus hats off to you man like you went out season one you worked on yourself you got in shape you came back better fitter you know leaner um, you're looking good for 50. You don't look 50. You look like you could be 40 at the moment. So hats off to him. Tyler, take notes. Like I want to see Tyler come back. I want him to be that person who won the two seasons that he won. He was a dominant player back in the day, taking out really, really strong alpha guys in eliminations, you know? So I want to see that Tyler come back. I think he still has that in there somewhere. You know, I don't know if that is who he is still. Like it does seem like he's just relaxed more. And that's okay. Sometimes in life when you retire, you don't necessarily, you don't have that competitiveness to you anymore, but I feel like a champion, once champion, always a champion. Somewhere inside of him, he's going to want to come back and All-Stars 5, All-Stars 6, let's hope Tyler comes back with a little bit more, um, I guess, fitness as we do this. And the other one here is Cynthia versus Tina. Tina is quite emotional at the end here when she wins. You know, she feels really bad about sending the original female winner of the challenge home, which is a different side to Tina that we're seeing here is well um but i was very relieved with the outcome i think on both of these i was really happy to see both <laughs> cyrus um and uh tina in the game like if we lost tina episode one i know we've got some great big 
personalities this season. But I mean, even in episode two, where she's giving TJ sass and it's the back and forth, it's that type of stuff that you just don't, not many players have got that, you know, it's that personality that she brings to the show that I'm hoping we see her a little bit longer. So I feel like we dodged the bullet here by having both of these people still in the game. What did you guys in Broadbrush think about both these eliminations, the people that stayed within the game? And did you like this crawl brawl as a concept I was quite shocked that we didn't see between the men at least a little bit more of a physical scuffle. I mean, it is a brawl for a reason. It didn't. There was no brawl <laughs> going on inside of the crawl brawl. You know. Yeah, it was just like a crawl, crawl, <laughs> crawl through, crawl <laughs> yeah, Um I definitely I wanted Cyrus to win this, um, and obviously Tina for the reasons that you already stated. Like she definitely is somebody that I'm excited to. Whatever she does, like I, I want to see a reaction. What's Tina gonna do? What's Tina gonna say? How's Tina gonna react? Like she, I'm always kind of interested in what's going on with her. So I definitely didn't want to lose her, but her and Cynthia had, had developed a friendship like years ago. And so I think she was really happy to be reunited with her and haven't seen her in a long time and be able to reconnect. And so didn't want to see her go early, but she obviously wanted to stay to prove herself from the last season where she kind of let Melinda win. So I'm happy with the outcome. And I'm um, fortunately like I was high on, on Tyler for these last two seasons where he's coming in really hoping that he was going to be the, the, you know, the beast that he was when he won his two seasons back to back. And unfortunately, if he's on another season, he might end up being my last pick at this point. Oh, thanks yeah. for letting us know. um so with um tyler uh first of all the elimination is very reminiscent to uh, an elimination in rivals 3 called uh tunnel vision funny enough because that was what the daily challenge was called tunnel vision but in tunnel vision it was the nicole versus nicole dario versus wes and nani um in that elimination and it was very similar where both players had to run crawl in a hole and then they could hit each other if they wanted to or just walk past it um i think every single elimination is going to be hurting in some way or another i mean you could be happy for a player to be staying either way i think it could go either way because i just love this cast this cast has so many big personalities some great personalities and i would have loved to seen cynthia go far i mean if tina would have won if tina won i mean tina won i mean we get that great moment in episode two but if cynthia wins it's a great moment it's happy the same thing with cyrus and tyler a little less though because i mean i really wanted cyrus to win i couldn't see him leaving on a on his being colorblind and and then being thrown right (laughs) into the elimination but i mean it's one of those seasons where i'm rooting for certain players mainly because of our fantasy draft but i'm also just loving this cast and the makeup of it that anybody who leaves is going to sting because you know they could have brought something later down the line or in the very next episode or what if kind of thing and i think it's just uh i think it's a good elimination i think it's decent and um yeah i just you hate to see uh cynthia go i do hope this is my thing i really hope that cynthia can can come back for all stars season four because the thing is, is that she's coming in with a cast that's made up mostly of players that just played on either All-Stars 1, All-Stars 2, or both. So she's coming yeah. in new, 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 um, especially not being back since uh, season nine. And she's coming into, I mean, she's in fantastic shape. She sounds exactly, she sounds and looks exactly like so she cute. did back in the day. I love Cynthia. And I think coming into 
uh, an, another season, she's like, okay, I got my footing. I know what uh, kind of is expected, and I know kind of a little bit more of the game. She'll probably go back and watch this season and be around more of the cast if they're doing like Challenge Mania events or something, and she can make it. I think that she will just be in such a better uh, headspace, uh, know what what to expect when coming into the house because I think it was such a different game. I mean, the two seasons that she played on is nothing like modern challenges today i mean it was road rules all-stars which was mainly road rules uh, with real world people and then season nine was voting and that's all it was it was just voting out who's at the bottom or who you didn't get along with and that's it i mean there was no eliminations there was nothing to that so i really do hope that cynthia is able to come back for another season hopefully the very next season that way she's already in that mindset of like all right i'm gonna hit the ground running we're going to I already know a few of the players and I'm going to get right into a, an alliance and let's go. I'm not going to get last place on a puzzle. I'm not going to lose it in a crawl brawl. So that's what that's what that's what I'm hoping for. Mostly comes out of this. Yeah. And I think Bonte it's a possibility. Here, so I was just going to read this um, one comment. Fonte says that he didn't know Cynthia at all, but her positivity and smile made her made him really like her. So hopefully she'll be back with more grip on the game. So I think that's the general consensus of everyone in the live at the moment as well. There's a lot of people that really liked the energy that Cynthia brought to the season. Sorry, Chantel, you go ahead. I was just saying that I think that um, she mentioned in one of her interviews that she her son's an adult now. And so with the fact that her son's an adult, uh, I know a lot of mothers are like, well, what do I do now for, you know, 20 mm. years, 18, 19, 20 years? Like all my life was my kid. My life was making sure that this kid was taken care of. And now they have time to focus back on themselves. And so I wouldn't be surprised if something within her, because, you know, anybody that auditions for these shows and has played any of these games, there's something in you that really enjoys the rush or the energy or whatever it is about it. And then that has to be kind of put aside to raise a child and, you know, live a life and to have that re-sparked and reignited, I think was probably really exciting for her. And to know that she now has the freedom to be able to do that, which she didn't have before, I think it would be a likelihood that she might come back. So I uh, fingers crossed and hopefully she'll want to be living out this dream again. I think it's the first female champion of the challenge. If she ever wanted to come back, she should be allowed to come back. Um, and I agree with everything you guys said. You know, it's the first time she's back. Let's let's see her come back. Let's see her train. Let's see her get mentally prepared. She probably never expected the call in the first place. She may have thought, oh, there's a slight chance, but nah, they'll forget about me. This all happened in 1998 when, like she said, a lot of you would not even have been born yet, you know, and you're watching the show right now. Her son's already 19 years old. To give you an idea, she said that as well. So, um, yeah, I want to see her back. It was, it was very entertaining to have her here. Didn't get enough. I did see season one, funny enough. It's one of the OG seasons I went back to go <laughs> and watch. So I saw her in her first season. I liked her then. I like her now. So, yeah, more of Cynthia would be good. Let's get into episode two. Um, quite an interesting episode. As we start this episode off, from the start, the way that these episodes are sort of put together, like we mentioned, it's about 45 minutes. We know that they're going to have to be tied on the storylines that's going to matter for this episodes as they progress through them. We get Mark phoning back home and we hear very um, unfortunate news about his mother. We get to know a little bit that this has been going on for quite a while. So All-Stars 1, this would have already been in the back of his head. Um, the Challenge is one of those shows that really don't get me emotional in general. Like it's more of a, a guilty, fun, pleasure that I watch and I love it. But, you know, being from a family that have suffered with some of this stuff in the past as well, I, I've got a different, um, 
you know, uh, I guess camaraderie when it comes to Mark now. And I really want him to go out there and do well because, like you said, this is such a horrible disease. And, you know, him talking about the fact that his mother finds enjoyment out of him being out there and competing, and that makes her want to continue on and fight. I mean, this guy's got a burden on him uh, coming on this season. And, you know, I'm so happy that he went in there, and I know I'm jumping ahead, and that he managed to stay in the game and continue on. You know, like, I, I, I like Mark before all of this. I think Mark's an extremely nice guy, you know. Um, but really, I, I felt for him in this episode. And I think that, um, you know, him coming back, having been the person who's pioneered All-Stars, brought this back to us, started the revolution. Um, I, I really hope he does well this season. I am afraid for him similar to how you guys said that maybe he's no one's number one and that could count against him this season. He might have that underdog having to go in there to fight for his place in the game a few times more this season. You don't think that Veronica might scoop him up, you know, a little old school posse happening. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, especially if like Jemmy, like Jemmy, I'm not sure Jemmy's game, game, game Jemmy's playing right now, but if she does kind of get back with like the Veronica's of things and she's good friends with Mark, I can see that maybe that will get solidified a little bit better. But when I saw the Skype call, I was doing um, a watch party and I think it was Adrian that's in the chat now was saying like, ah, the dreaded, the dreaded Skype call. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Cause whenever we see the Skype call, or on Survivor, we see like the packages of like your 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 home life. Like you're like, uh oh, they're either going to be in trouble and might go home, or they're going home. Like they're not going to waste um mm. you know two, three, four minutes on something that's not going to be of worth. So I was scared. Could he for be him. called home? Could he still be like Pardon? because we didn't see th this wasn't a part of the storyline season one at all. Like we didn't like and like I said, this was already he said this has been going on for quite a few years now, right? So like you said, they don't show these things for no reason. Is there a, a risk of us seeing this as an audience because two or three episodes in he might be called home? Like and, and we need to know why he I left. Think we like, would have heard that... about that. Okay. I don't know. Do you what do you I think? I don't know any spoilers, so I don't I don't know. I, so. I feel like we it would have been heard that there was another a male replacement i didn't hear a man being replaced this season i don't know yeah i don't know for sure i don't know if it's i don't i think sh she's still alive i don't okay. i don't i don't think that's that's any worry but i i i will say that i watched this episode I watched both episodes four times uh, is, I, this week. I, I did. I watched it about two times before I actually did my review and recap. And then I did. I watched it again. And then I watched it again for the fantasy stuff. Um, it, it Every single time, Mark, and that, that it, go, it goes to him talking to his mother, um, I, I welled up every single time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I went... Uh, very recently, uh, when I was going through a lot of the stuff where I had to take a, take some breaks from my channel, I mean, I, I had a family member that recently passed away from from this, and so I mean, just just seeing him talking to his mother, and every single time, like I thought, okay, it'll get, it'll get easier this time. I won't, it won't, it won't do it. And then all of a sudden, no. like it would just start like getting to me, and I would like I would have to turn away from the screen. I'm like, oh my gosh, Mark, I know what happens. You stay. Like it's it's gonna be okay. Like you can do this, and um. And, and yeah, I, I was worried because, like Chris said, it, he, they didn't show this in season one where he was able to go into his uh, first elimination since X's win and then make it to the final. So it's like he, you're seeing a very personal side from Mark and you're wondering, like, is this because they're setting up for like this is such a big moment. This is such 
a huge emotion. Like, is this or the win for his mom? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be I, awesome. Let's I keep really, it positive. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, this just I I like Mark. But kind of like how everybody was in the authority, he wasn't my number one. Uh, funny enough, he was my number two guy pick. Uh, but he, but, <laughs> but I I am rooting for him a lot more because one, yeah. he's fighting the, for something because because of his motivation and his mother, and I can relate to him on that level. But also, it's funny enough that Mark we see in episode one, it feels like he's a different competitor than what we've seen in the past mark i think feel like he's always like the good guy the party guy he wants to be everybody's friend he can make it far he's big he's mm. huge nobody wants to really take shots at him he's like this the ct of the all-star era kind of thing like a, he's the big enough dude that nobody wants to send in because they don't want to get squished in a hall brawl or something he's talking to nehemiah who i didn't think he was very close with uh or as close as just like friendly with and he's like i think west should take a shot at jordan or at least put him into because of the authority and that's a side of mark i haven't really seen a whole lot of where he's like i would have thrown out jordan's name like he knows who jordan is he probably knows his reputation but we never get to see this political or this political side of, or strategical side of mark because he's always portrayed as the party guy and i think him going into an elimination is going to be the wake up Kind of like how we were talking about with Nehemiah last season, being like he needs to play differently. He can't yeah. go into and just be like, I'm just going to be performing. I'll go into any and all eliminations and perform. And if I don't win, I don't win. He, he switched. Uh, he flipped a switch and he got to the finals and almost won. And I think that's what Mark is going to learn how to do now, where he's like, I want to win. There's something for me to win. I'm not here to make friends anymore. And I'm going to pick a side and I'm going to play my heart out. And I think that's the side of Mark I've been wanting to see. And I think we're about to get it. I think we're going to get it, which I'm very yeah. excited about. Agreed. I'm really interested. I'm really interested to see who, who he takes out of the game to get to the finale to have the best shot against. Because he did do reasonably well in Season 1 All-Stars. He he went to the finale. I can't remember his exact placement. I think it was third. Fourth. For the, was he fourth? Fifth. fifth? Oh, he was fifth overall. Okay, All so stars, fifth yeah. overall. Money, yeah. All-Stars won. He did reasonably well, but I also think he now knows who he can't go against. Like, he's not going to go up against with Yes in the end because he saw Yes at his peak. He's not going to go up against Darrell because Darrell beat him in season one. So I think a lot of these people that he worked with, and especially now this episode, seeing that a lot of those people don't even have his back, you're right. He's going to flip the script. He's going to do something different. I'm, I'm all team Mark here um, moving forward. And yeah, what a what a way to start this episode. We also learn a little bit about Melinda still struggling with that injury. We spoke about a few people coming back too soon, season in and season out here. Um, that's going to be a big theme throughout the, the episode is her not being able to use her ankle because she rolled it about four times in the previous finale. Mm -hmm. Luckily, the daily challenge wasn't something where she had to run on it so she could still you know, move forward in the game. Now, the one thing I do wonder, was Melinda the smart choice here for people to put down into the elimination when they know that, you know, if I was out there, I'd keep her as a layup. Like, she's not going to run a final on that ankle. Should they have targeted her this early to put her into an elimination? What do you guys think about the strategy that went into, you know, getting someone in there that's probably not a threat to you in the end game? 
Well, I think with like Melinda's ankle, I don't know if everybody knew how bad it actually was because um, I didn't really realize how bad it was. When I saw them, they first started talking about it right after the Mark's phone call. I was like, okay, so Melinda's going to be, you know, in contention here. That's most likely what's going to happen. I had an, a, an idea about that. But I, I don't know if she let everybody know how bad it actually was because maybe she was just trying to hold off from going down into an elimination so that it will have a little more time to heal. Um, kind of like what we're talking about with Tyler, like somebody that was just wanted to maybe, you know, stay in sequester a little bit longer to heal. Um, I don't, what I should, I, should they have kept her, saved her for a layup? Yeah, maybe. But they also, there's so many people, big personalities. And I think that they're just trying to like also take a step back and not like cause any enemies right away. I mean, are they doing how, how the enemy the guys? And how mm -hmm. does it work for the guys if they have to run together at certain points that might not be a good thing for the guys i think in hindsight it's good for the women maybe not so good for the guys right drew if they did keep her in yeah i think that there's multiple uh layers at play here where mm -hmm. it is i think less on melinda and more on the company that she keeps more yeah. so i think Chantel, you're a hundred percent correct she was not letting on that the ankle was hurting her as much as it was, or it was as burdensome as it was. Um, but Tina is, I think, plays a major factor in threatening John A at the bar, saying, like, don't put Melinda or Veronica in. And John A is like, who are you? Like, I'll take a shot at whoever I want. And then Kayla bringing up in the authority that the real world alliance, the real world Austin alliance is real. There's three. There's three of them here that are going to be looking at each other and helping each other, and they're going to be each other's ones and twos, and that leaves you at three at best. So, I mean, we're going to have to take a shot at one of them at some point, and nobody was willing to take a shot at Wes at this point or Nehemiah, so that left Melinda, who is, I would say, a little bit of a softer target compared to Nehemiah and Wes. I will say that I was thinking about it now, Um Melinda's edit on this episode confused me a lot. Uh, the first time we see her, she's talking to John A and MJ being like, Wes is a big threat. He's he's throwing around his weight. And if you're connected to him, that could put a target on my back. And then the very next moment, she's talking about her ankle being terrible. And Tina's giving her a hug in the bathroom or the locker room or something. And then she's at the swing on the daily challenge going, I think my ankle is going to be fine. And then the next moment she's hobbling around saying that her ankle is terrible. I was like, pick a lane uh, edit <laughs> editing team. I don't know what you're trying to tell me here. I don't know what you're trying to push with this. Like, I guess they just had such little to go with on Melinda and to like put more of the story and keep it as trying to keep it a smooth arc. But Thinking back to it, it just seemed so discombobulated when thinking about her edit. And then what ultimately happens is her leaving the game. Uh, it just seemed really weird. But I think that if she wouldn't have went into the elimination and say they threw in somebody completely different, I think Melinda would have went. Melinda would have started out the next episode saying that her ankle is really, really tough and she can't move. And then she would have been getting help walking to the daily challenge next episode from Nehemiah and then her pulling out of the game. And I think that's, that's what would have happened. So, I mean, it's better to happen now. Nobody has to, nobody else has to leave or go into an elimination to go and then have a reinforcement. I think, I think, um, I think it happened the way it should have happened. Um, yeah. Rodrigo here says that the waterfall from daily agitated her ankle potentially. So, I mean, there was that back and forth. I'm okay. I'm not okay. But then, 
after she maybe had that fall because some people landed differently she could have landed wrong on that ankle again going into the water and that could have just aggravated it uh, we're just speculating at this stage i guess but i'm sure melinda will talk to that when she does her interview she's doing a lot of interviews these days so i'm sure we'll see her either on um, challenge mania or back on the lewis um what's the, lewis. the other podcast mike, mike lewis mike. podcast there we go um Dabo here also says getting rid of Melina is smart because Tina with multiple allies is dangerous in the game. Um, so yeah, I agree. You know, but we want Tina with multiple allies. So <laughs> it's all good for us that she that she lost an ally here. It's um, you know, maybe maybe well, it's doubly not as good for me because you know she was in my team, but we'll get into that a little bit later on as I start taking more people out of my team here. Uh let's go into the daily challenge. There's two, you know, sabotages that needs to be dealt out here. And one of the things, you know, that I couldn't remember this about Sylvia, but it really annoys me about her. Yeah. The fact that she can't make a bloody decision. And she's so like, whack. oh, can West go first? It's like, okay. just make a move. Oh, and I yeah. love the fact that TJ is like, no, you will make a decision. I'm not going to go over to West to do this. You have to choose someone to go down there. And yeah, it's it's frustrating. Like, I mean, Sylvia's. I think she's done really well so far in the dailies and you know she's all over the confessionals at the moment she's like one of the top confession she must be i didn't see the numbers but i'm assuming she's very high up at the moment but she can't make a bloody decision so she does end up finally making the decision to go after you know kellyanne in this position here which kind of felt like a little bit of a fail because kellyanne you know was her own worst enemy in this daily <laughs> and wes um ends up taking a hit at jordan which is no surprise he makes the correct choice to try and take someone down that potentially could be a threat in this challenge what did you guys think of the sabotage the way it was used here in the spot by both uh i guess sylvia and also wes and her inability to make a bloody move because that even in episode one she wanted other people to tell her who to put in there she can't just do her own thing yeah, I mean, I've I've never really been a fan of Sylvia. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it with you guys, but I, the only time I kind of liked her was when she beat Melissa in that challenge. I was rooting for her in that moment. Um, but other than that, I've always just found her, unfortunately, just really annoying. And this episode reminded me of that, or both these episodes reminded me of that, because right after she won, good job, win, like gloat. I don't, I don't even care about gloating, but she's like, that's for underestimating you, me. And I'm like, Nobody was really underestimating you. Like, I think it's all of you underestimating yourself, but okay, cool. And then, you know, she wants Cynthia to tell her who do, who, who she wants. And she's like, you know what? I'm not going to give that to you, Cynthia or Sylvia. I'm going to let you decide who's going to go down into the arena. And so then this was just another time where it's like she has this power now that like, we're underestimating her for receiving. And she can't even choose who she's going to give a sabotage, which is a one minute penalty at a station. Like that's not an all-star behavior. And so maybe this is why I wasn't so plussed on having her part of the season. Cause I'm just like, she doesn't make all-star moves. She, she makes these bold statements in confessional, but like when push comes to shove, she's kind of a pushover. Yeah. I mean, I will say that I was, Kind of like this is why you fell to last place when she was at the daily challenge and she was looking like a deer in the headlights. She looked absolutely frightened uh, of just being there on the stage. 
but then she won that daily challenge and I was like, yeah, that's why you're on my team. That's why you fell all the way to me. Yeah. Um, I think she does better when she has numbers and she knows like she can count on people. And I think as the season goes on, she'll feel better about it. I mean, it's surprising how well she's doing in the two daily challenges and nobody is saying her name or even looking her way. Uh, maybe they're underestimating her as well. Uh, but honestly, we're going to get to it. But in this heat, only three women, well, four women were able to kick off their balls without incurring the time penalty. So, I mean, if Sylvia could have kicked off her ball, I mean, she's in the next authority, in my opinion. I mean, if she didn't sabotage Kellyanne, Kellyanne could have been in possibly in the right. I mean, if she gave it to anybody else, there's there's no way she could have made it uh, into the into the into the authority so i mean giving it to kellyanne really was just like whatever it was just a softball i mean it could have backfired on her like it did uh west but um i I think sylvia will find her confidence it's kind of like what we were talking about with ronnie i mean she wasn't very confident but i think that as the game progresses and they kind of get talking to more people maybe they could find their rhythm at some point Hmm. i I love i love west and his ability to ice skate afterwards and go kiss the ring that Jordan holds, you know, and how he goes to do his, you know, he, he basically inflates Jordan's ego a little bit more to go and kiss the ring afterwards. And he's so good at doing that type of stuff. Like Wes can get away with almost anything out there, you know, and Jordan and Wes, they know that there is this mutual respect between the two of them, that they're yeah. competitors. They're going to go head to head. So I think that it made sense for him to do that, to go anywhere else would have looked strange to people out there. So it was the move to make, but ultimately it did backfire on him because Jordan loves the attention. You know, he's like, yep, put the spotlights on me. You've just set the stage. I'm going to go out there. And now I've got an extra fire under my belly to go out there and win this thing. Now he didn't win it outright, but he does form part of the authority at the end. So it's a semi fail on the sabotage side of things. If he wasn't sabotaged, who knows? He could have won this thing outright, which would have meant he would have had the sabotage in the next round and West would have been an even bigger trouble than what he probably <laughs> is at this stage. Uh, I did find it quite funny that they do a whole montage of uh, Jordan kicking everybody's butt for the last decade, as Wes has said. So I feel like there is really this mutual respect from West to Jordan and vice versa. They understand that they're they're up there when it comes to challenges. What did you guys think of this daily challenge? I mean, it's such a simple, uh, I guess, concept. You're out there on a swing. I haven't been on a swing for, I don't know how long. It must be at least, I don't know, 18 years ago or something. Really? That I was like at school. I can't remember the last time I was on a swing. I've it's a long time. <laughs> I would have been like, Wes, I would have been out there trying to swing and probably would have been horrible at it because I, I don't even know if I can still swing. But it, it was an interesting concept. Well, what I think was challenging, though, about the actual swing is that usually you have your feet to push off to give you some like leverage to start, you know, mm. getting a little bit momentum. And so you kind of have to start like I don't I don't know how easy it would be to get that momentum going without using your feet to start pushing you back and forth. So I think they were I think- raised like slightly. I think they were like hooked in. not it wasn't like a date, like a date start, like they were slightly raised. So there would have been a little bit of momentum. But I think that if you if you lost that slight bit of momentum that you get from the unhooking of whatever cable hold held you up there, it would have been bloody hard to go from a dead start and get any momentum going. 
which is what happened to a few people, right? Without touch, like I always would touch my foot to push me off a little bit higher, push me off a little bit higher. And so not having the ground to be able to push off of, it would be quite challenging, especially if you're not used to that momentum that you need to have to swing. So I thought it was pretty challenging. And like, we know that they must test out these, these, these dailies. I'm just surprised that people didn't do worse so that they wouldn't use it or maybe they did and they were like this will be funny they're gonna all be terrible at it because we do get um as people are commenting on tina's moment um on that part which was hilarious um i think yeah that maybe they decide to pull a fast one on these these players and like make it quite difficult to see if it would be funny or not and if that well, was you get both Darrell and wes two of the greatest challenges ever, not even completing this whole thing, right, Drew? So, I mean, <laughs> it's clearly a curveball that none of these guys that have done challenge after challenge saw coming. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the one of the funnier moments of it was seeing the four women and then all their perspectives when they get dropped into the water after the time penalty <laughs> occurred. I think it was interesting that I was surprised by how Naya wasn't able to get the momentum. I mean, she is a much taller woman and i would thought maybe she that would have helped her out i mean mark mj were able to kick down their balls i think their height really helped out i was like thinking right now like oh veronica was never probably going to get there but kendall easily was able to get her ball out and i i just feel like if you like you were saying if you didn't get the momentum right away or didn't start off well i mean there was just hardly any way you could really get there and then and and Speaking to uh, Chantel saying that they must test out these games, like uh, Darrell was saying that he was his hands were like games. getting destroyed by the cables. And then when Sylvia went, I I saw on one of my fourth my fourth viewing when Sylvia went and she was holding up her puzzle, she had a had tape wrapped around her hand. I wonder, but but then when when I went back before she even went in her heat, she had tape on her hands already. I wonder if maybe they went to go check out the swings, make sure that they were able like to sit in them and knew the what the cable lengths and when she and when when she felt the cable, I wonder if she went up to the the people and were like, "Hey, can I get some tape for my hands?" Because she realized that possibly maybe that it could get cut up. So I wonder if that was the because I when I saw the tape on her hands when she was putting the thing up, I thought like she got out of the water, her hands were bleeding, and had to rush to get the medical people to just put tape around it real quick. But she doesn't have tape on her hands for the rest of the episode. She had it on before she actually did her heat. So. Um, I was about to be like, yo, that was that's terrible. She couldn't even swing, but she was able to swing. Um, but yeah, I just I just felt like this was a pretty decent. It I just it's one of those challenges I want to see where everybody finishes, and it, you can't really tell where anybody finishes. You know who the first, second, and third uh, man and woman that finishes because of how TJ announces everybody. But I want to know exactly where West finishes with the twenty minute time penalty. Uh, uh, compared to Darrell, who also had the 20-minute time penalty, or the where does Kelly Ann finish? Yes, she struggled on the puzzle, but she actually got her ball down. So it's hard for me to believe that she was there over 30 minutes when she got down so much earlier. And then, yes, she was behind everybody, but they incurred a 20-minute time penalty on top of the time that they were stuck up on their swing. So I kind of want to know, did she finish oh, fourth? I thought I thought that after 20 minutes is when they cut the rope. Oh, it was a 20-minute oh, really? time penalty? 
Is I, that, I is assumed that... it was at 20 minutes the rope. Oh, dropped. maybe maybe yeah. I'm completely off. You're Chantel's right. Yeah, after 20 minutes, they, Gosh, they were they up on that swing for 20 minutes. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> sucks. Like, why are you kidding me? Like, I I guess my thought process is I watched this four times going, there's no way Wes stayed up there for 20 minutes swinging. <laughs> And not being able to hit that box, I guess that's what my thought process was. So, uh, like, how so. did he not? How did like how did he not manage to do that? Because I know I'm joking, like I'd be horrible at it, but I, like I'd feel like the, the, it can't be that difficult. Like it's basically all in your hips, right, to get the momentum going. Like, is he is he just one of those people that is he a bad dancer? Like, can he not move? Like, what's going on here? You know. But I will ask one thing because when Tina DQs, Jemmy is saying, "Thank gosh." Tina fell and Jemmy was the last one in her heat that uh, she finished before Kellyanne, but she acted like she was dead last. And I, mm -hmm. that's why I felt, I think that's another reason why I thought that there was extra time lopped into that time penalty because she was acting like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad Tina fell because, but she finished way before Kellyanne did. So I, 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 I guess I'm, I'm still confused on the, the <laughs> like process. You of got everything. more confused each time you watched it. Um, <laughs> no. So what, how I, what I'm assuming what had happened in the episode was that, like I was saying, like Tina, I wish you just had held on for that 20 minutes, and so when they actually just dropped you, Jeez. like you would have been able to still be competing as normal. But when she fell, she DQ'd completely, and so that means that everybody's time was going to be taken into consideration. Um, I don't remember specifically Jemmy, but she must have thought that she could have had the potential of taking longer. So I think Jemmy was one of the people that did not hit her balls, so that means that she was going to have a maximum penalty time. And yes, she's decent at puzzles but she probably wasn't sure where she was going to rank against like Kellyanne or whatnot who did kick off her balls so I don't think that she knew definitively that she'd be last um if if Tina didn't fall but she was probably worried that she might be one of the bottom people that's kind of how I was looking at it but I mean, what I wanted to show you was my last in time in Punta Cana was I was on a swing and that was like a week before <laughs> lockdown, a week before my life disappeared and I just part of a screen when I was still a human being. <sighs> the good old days, swing. the good old days. <laughs> on a swing. You were training. You were training for uh, that fresh meats three season that uh, yeah. is still You're still out there to come in the future. But um, no, I mean, listen. I wanted to say if Tina could hold onto that swing, being upside down for twenty minutes, I would have taken my hat off to her because that would have been <laughs> so difficult to do. You know, as she mentioned, she didn't realize she was as top heavy as she is out there, and she that made, she's made top her top heavy. Over. She talks about her boobs <laughs> last season. She's like, got these guys. To deal but with. yeah, like again, a massive Tina, a massive Tina moment here. The other part was the Kellyanne freakout. Oh my God, I it laughed. Really think, it made me really think about like my choices. I've had Kellyanne as my number one female pick twice now, and I feel like I need to rethink this thing going into All Stars Four because you cannot have someone frazzle that quickly when they're struggling with someone. And she really got into her head. She's always um, been like. <laughs> I know. This I is know. not new for Kellyanne. Like she was always the one that just like freaks out completely. Like she's definitely strong. She definitely is capable of doing a lot of things. But when she's not good at something, she unravels quickly. 
Yeah, it went, it went downhill pretty quickly here, but we ultimately do have winners here in this puzzle, you know, and this whole event. We get Yes and Kendall as the winners of this specific one, so they'll have the sabotage going into next week. I think Yes definitely is one of those people. I said, you know, Wes missed, I guess, or dodged the bullet here with Jordan not winning the sabotage. I think Yes may still take a shot at Wes because we see this rivalry going on at the moment and Wes is going to continue to make a bigger target of himself going very aggressively after Yes. So I would not be shocked if next week we see that happening. I've got no idea what Kendall is thinking at this point in the game. Um, I don't know where she's thinking, what is going to happen with her sabotage because we've seen limited Kendall, um, I guess, confessionals so far in the show. Well, we may see may though in the preview that she she's like, can I sabotage a guy? So we see yeah. that she's going to do something seemingly silly, but we'll, we'll see. I don't know what she's planning on doing it, but... I hope she can. It should be fluid. Sabotage whoever you want, right, Drew? Like, yeah, sabotage the guy, sabotage the girl. Who cares? Uh, TJ Why should you be locked? TJ says that she can put the sabotage on anybody that she wants. So oh, nice. she, can, she can put it on anybody, but she is going to dig herself into a hole because, I mean, why would you throw it on a guy when you could throw it on a on a woman i mean it's it, to me it doesn't make much sense why she would just throw it on a guy and so now of... any guy that wins might be like "Ooh, let's take out kendall because like she she might be coming for us like i don't know it just seems really yeah. silly to have everybody looking at you there's so many strong guys sabotaged. like like you might throw it on a guy because you're like i don't want to run the final with this person because it's big easy but there's no big easy this season so like who do you throw the sabotage on i will say that no go ahead no, I just need to try to figure out reasons as to why she would want to sabotage a guy. It's and so <laughs> it's, it's Kendall. It's the reason like, like she's not a game player, you know? Because she's not she's trying not to upset the women. Like, is that the reason mm. why she's doing it? She's like, uh, like kind of like Sylvia didn't want to make a decision. She's like, I can't choose one of these women, so can I choose a guy? Uh, instead of like it's actually becomes a terrible decision, even worse if she chose any woman on the season. Um, that's all I was gonna say. Sorry. Yeah. I'm actually trying to figure out I'm trying to like I can't, I can't process in my mind if she won anything in All Stars one. She was sent into a lot of eliminations, so I wonder. I wonder if um, imagine I, that Marco and back in again so so quickly. Like we that said, would you be know, the, you could... a very dumb move, Mark. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't. I, I just can't remember when the last time she won anything, so I don't know what her decision making is or entails i i don't think she won um anything last season in all-stars two and i don't think she won a lot in all-stars one because she was sent into like three three four eliminations in all-stars one so i feel like if she won if she won anything she would have been able to stay out so i wonder if this is the first time we're actually getting to see her try to figure out a, a game move and a power move and like you were saying i don't i don't I, maybe she can't decide but like what if she like asked it and then was just like okay i just wanted to, i just wanted to have extra time to stall and then she gives it to like sylvia or something okay. um but i will say that um going through the shot for shot super trailer uh we know that the next one is the mud pit and i saw in a couple of scenes uh wes yeah. is wearing something he is wearing like what looks to be like a weighted vest while everybody else is shirtless so i feel like yes does throw it onto um Wes. onto Wes and Wes has to deal with like this weighted vest which if it is a weighted vest I'll, I'll throw this out there if it's a weighted vest that could help him in this like where he's body yeah, slamming people 
because there's yeah. one per- there's one part where I think he's tackling Derek, and I'm just like, oh man, if that is a way to vest and he can get over to Derek, I mean, he is flopping onto him hard <laughs> with that whatever 25, 20 pound uh, vest is or something. Uh, Wes is Wes is in shape this season, man. Like the guy is lean. He's looking he's looking in shape. So uh, it'd be interesting to know how much weight is on that because it will hurt after a while. If the the longer the challenge goes on the more it will hurt having a weighted vest on you. You know, that's that's one of the things. So if it's a shorter, you know, rounds, maybe they'll be okay. But if it's if it's like an endurance thing where they have to go for a very, very long period, that that would count against them. There's there's no way he wins. I, I'm just throwing this yeah. out there. There's no way he wins into authority. I, I, I can't picture it. With him being the sabotage and then everybody possibly gunning after him at some point to get his ball. I just feel like this could be uh, this could be a situation where people just gang up on him early. Um, he may make it past the first round, but I, I there's, there's no way there's no way that he's just going to make yeah. it past the win. But I am very excited for this. We just got two puzzle daily challenges. We're going to get a physical challenge. We're going to get to the final three men and women, and then they're going to have to fight for the sabotage. And I'm so looking forward to seeing players fight to get into the top three and then who fights to get into the top one to get that sabotage. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Who works together? Will this show some of their cards if there is a top three? And you're like, oh, you know, like we had a season or two ago. Was it when um, a season ago when there was the same kind of challenge where they had to get the ball out and Kyle ended up working against i think it was against um cory they worked against cory kyle kyle and and who's the new guy with the long hair from the circle ed got it um, ed kyle and ed worked together against cory i think in that in that specific episode so that those types of things can happen right while you're out there you can have people working together to try and get one over the other to get the sabotage because maybe there's another person within the top three that you trust not to sabotage you opposed to the other person so it'll be interesting it might show a little bit more of the cards here but let's get into the authority here for this specific episode we've got Janae, jordan brad and kayla who will be joining uh, both Yes and Kendall in this authority, a very different looking authority. And I thought it was quite an interesting move by Kayla here coming into the authority saying, let's put everything up up on the table. Let's talk about who do you want to see and who don't you want to see out there or who is your your non-negotiable. And for Kayla, this is a win-win because she is a newer school player. She's only 29. She maybe doesn't know all of these past histories that people have got or you know i don't even know if she's watched the older seasons or not but this gives her a better view of who is working together where people already know who her person is so it made a lot of sense i thought she got the better of some of these older school players with that line of thinking and a lot of people just played into that i don't think everybody cared i mean i thought like yes it's definitely great to get more information from people and she wasn't really giving up anything so yeah i think it was a it was a good tactic and was diplomatic so people can just be like yeah that's okay if i was those those vets though i'd be like actually nah how about we decide who we want to throw in like i don't think i would allow that to happen but i think that they just didn't feel like pushing back when they kind of had a, a good idea who they were going to probably throw in so i think what helps kayla get this accomplished is brad who right afterwards says yes i would like to do that and he gets his eyes he's like wide. straight shooter <laughs> he's got his eyes wide and his beard out he's like yeah i want to do that and then uh yes i think was the most 
one that to push back be like i think that's very revealing but he didn't want to be the only one being like i want to keep that to myself so i think mm. it helps that everybody like she had somebody else being like yeah i want to do that if brad would have been like i don't think so like let's just vote on the bottom two or something everybody would have just went with that um mm -hmm. but i think I think it was I think it was interesting. I think it was a lot of information. I think we as the audience got a lot of information that I didn't think we were going like like I felt like some of the names thrown out there were a little bit interesting in the realm that Kendall said Kellyanne but didn't say Darrell. We have yes saying uh Jemmy and Derek, which I I thought that was pretty uh pretty surprising. And then you have Brad saying uh Wes's name which was mm. funny because I do think that yes. And Jordan would have thrown out Wes as a possibility. And with everybody agreeing, like, okay, these are the non-negotiables. I mean, you would expect Brad to have said maybe Mark or maybe uh, MJ or Darrell or whatever. Like you would think like somebody that he's worked with pretty closely. Maybe if yes, didn't put out Derek, maybe Brad would have considered Derek or he would have continuously said Wes because he knew he was in the hot seat the most. I mean, Derek, nobody's coming after Derek. Let's just be real. Derek isn't even really on this season at the moment. Um, and so, like, I think it was a really big move because you do see, like, maybe it was chopped up, but you do see them like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. Like you could tell, like, I, I, I would have taken that shot. And you know what? That I feel like they could have. And they should have at that point. I mean, you think of Latarian, you are hoping for a physical elimination, maybe a hall brawl. You get him in that push, that push pool light lights out thing. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to count out Wes in trying to get out, but I mean, Latarian does have a, a, is pretty thick with like three C's. And I think that um, he could have put up a real big fight against Wes in the fact that Latarian's like, I don't think anybody could have beat me in this except for Mark. And maybe Brad. And I, I thought of Brad. Like Brad's a pretty big beast, but obviously he wasn't going to go down there in any case. But I agree with him. Like yeah. I mean, him and Mark going up against each other, insanity. Just quickly, while I've got the the moment here, Vonte is saying, Drew, please don't make the Brad face again. That was terrifying <laughs> seeing that on my TV when Brad appears. I don't look at the TV to avoid. <laughs> there's one hey, part Drew, in Drew that loves super Brad. trailer. In that super trailer, there's one point where he is like taking off his shirt, and I'm telling you, I've never seen his eyes as wide as he is in that scene and i'm like dude what are you doing like you're you're gonna pop a blood vessel at one point it's just gonna be hanging down there like he's just like yeah, sabotage is coming their way it's like dude calm down like blink no one no one no one can on be no, no one can beat Nehemiah's impression of Brad. That is forever stuck in my, in my head. Like that's the best impression we've seen. But um, it was interesting because I feel like Brad, you know, he was shocked when Mark's name suddenly started coming back up again because I feel like in his mind, he was like, I'm going to protect Wes because Wes is an obvious target, but enough people are close to Mark where he's not going to be even up for discussion. So I feel like, yeah, he was shocked because of that. And I think there was a whole 4D type of game being played here like who do i protect because i think no one else will protect that person but maybe someone else here is close enough to someone i actually also want protected and you know th there was a little bit of that happening i thought it was interesting at least um seeing all the different names come up there um it was interesting to see the vote of who actually ended up voting mark in because i think there were four votes on mark i can't remember exactly who those four were but there were quite a few people that did not actually ended up voting for him but they 
honored the majority vote in this case. And and I wonder what the rules are around that. Do you have to honor the majority vote? Can you continue to contest it? You know, like when you've got two people in a duo's team saying, oh, I want this person down and the other one saying, no, I want that person down. And it becomes a thing of you guys become eligible if you don't agree. We don't know the rules behind that as, as well. But it was interesting to see that Mark did not, he didn't get unanimously voted into this. Yeah, I think it's majority rules, it seems like, how they're determining this one here. And I'm thinking that Brad is hoping for a favor back from Wes. And so I think that that's why he kind of saved Wes in this position. Because he can be like, when Wes is like, how did I not get thrown in with like my enemies like in the, the authority? And he'll be like, it was because of me. Like, I kept you safe. <laughs> I loved that too. <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> um, I just saw here, um, and this is going to come up forever, but Rodrigo saying, I wish Ayana was on the season. I would love to see her eat a Greek salad. I saw you do a little clip of that on your channel this week as well. I think it was this week, Drew. Yeah. Again, that's just a, a golden moment of TV right there. That's going to be forever, you know, legendary and all stars. Um, but we, yeah, it's interesting. We, we, we know that, you know, Mark is going to go in. I've completely blank on it. Oh, yeah, Melinda was the female that they ended up voting in there. Not too sure what the reasoning behind it is or how it came down there. I think a few people mentioned, um, actually, was was it Kayla who mentioned throwing shots at Westy, saying, well, you've got Wes, Nehemiah, and Melinda, who are all from the same original season. So we need to deal with that. Because it, it felt like Melinda wasn't necessarily being looked at prior to that. And maybe she became a target because Wes was taken off the table. And they're like, well, if I'm not going to go for Wes directly, I've got to take out one of his minions in this game it's kind of what i got from this whole situation do you guys agree with that i think yes I, i'm i'm still shocked that kayla knew that information like it just doesn't seem like it's information like i don't think she's watched that jimmy? season do you think jimmy told her jimmy maybe told her or something before uh, she jimmy like kayla i don't even know if she likes I her i feel like i feel like the young group are all gravitating together like you've got jimmy kayla um sylvia all sort of talking like we have that scene where they're all having chats together so i feel like they're naturally just going to gravitate towards each other out there so maybe so just throwing this out there when they were talking about the sabotages with wes and at the at the whatever table i don't know if it was lunch or breakfast or whatever but the yeah. the group that was sitting there was wes kayla sylvia veronica and jemmy and we know that uh veronica and jemmy are very close we also know that uh i know that kayla and veronica also hang out with each other so if their their middle their middle core is veronica then they're all working with each other and i think that kayla i i think may have some bad blood with jemmy uh, in her past but when it comes to this type of season i think jemmy is like friends friends the more numbers, numbers yeah. is great and kayla's like cool same thing i need help kind of thing so i do think that there are they are there is this working together um throughout this season and rodrigo brings up what exactly what i was going to talk about next tina probably didn't help melinda either with confronting janae yeah. at the party scene where um it, it was a little bit of both i, th I think both of the, the the people who were going to go down there saying trying to dictate who they can go against letarian had his own three people not just one three people he didn't want to go up against in the elimination and then tina kind of left it quite open. I don't want to go against any of my friends, which Melinda is one of them. Uh, that probably doesn't help. And Janae really took offense to that. And um, the likes of... Please. I, think like, I, I was really annoyed by that. Like, 
like obviously you know that like Tina's gonna try to do something to save her friend from going down. And so like the fact that she's like, like, how dare she like come and talk to me that way? Like I'm just like would do the same. it was exactly <laughs> anybody would be like do a little mini threat to maybe hope that you wouldn't throw their friend down there, but they know that like it's not up to them. And you know, even Kayla being like, you know, if you want to make decisions, like go and win something and do better. And it's like, get out of here. I was I was annoyed by both both um john a and kayla with how they responded to kate to to um what's her name to tina just hoping that she's not gonna have to go up against her friend um i was irritated just saying i will say that tina really laid it on thick though i mean she could have said like hey i could have i when you say i'm gonna take it as a dirty attack and a personal attack and you don't want to make an enemy out of me it's like when Wes so? makes a face towards the camera like he's Jim Halpert on The Office, uh, I think that <laughs> means like maybe you cross the line a little bit. You can mention like LT said was like, hey, I don't want to go against my three friends, which can I just say still not Mark. None of them Mark <laughs> like Mark name is not being thrown out there at all as someone that is a friend or anything like he's just it's kind of like the Tyler rule like he needs to get into the bonds a little bit more. And I think we will see that. But um I do think that more of Tina rather than the whole real world Austin was the factor into that. And I think John A gassed up Kayla, Kayla and John A could be working together. And I think that it was just easy, easy pickings since nobody really said Melinda was off the table kind of thing. And they don't see her as a huge threat. She got all the way to the end too last season. I think John A is like, I, I wouldn't mind melinda getting out of here too early like let's just send in I, melinda I, hopefully she leaves and not even good let's go it's like especially i mean maybe they don't know the extent of her injuries so that yeah. might not be coming into play but like melinda isn't necessarily a super strong competitor like yes she was able to make it to the final and she did well last season for the most part when she was paired up with nehemiah but like we we didn't choose her very high because she's still not like somebody that we're scared of going down there so if i was Jonay though i would probably take that threat a, like a little bit seriously for the fact that like if you send down melinda Tina most likely will beat Melinda and she will come back pissed. So I, I think that they both of them played that situation poorly. Um, but especially Janae, how she handled it, it just rubbed me even more so the wrong way than Tina trying to just like throw around some weight. But also, let's be let's remember what we've seen from Tina thus far in her All-Stars 2 and All-Stars 3 is like she's gotten second to last and got thrown into elimination and she got dead last in the second like what threat are you really posing to me at this moment like what is it going to be that's going to make fair. you do it so i feel like john a was like a little put off by that and was like you know what i'm gonna call her out on it and i think jemmy was stirring the pot a little bit being like you can't <laughs> tell tina to go uh go shove oh. off. tell her to go shove <laughs> off she can call call her out on it and i think I think she was just like, cool, yeah, let's do it. I'm going to do it. Let's do it. I mean, having Tina being pissed at you definitely is going to make better TV. And and we've seen in season two where she did win some have some power at least once that I remember. And so let's not count her out of being finding something in her wheelhouse that she can actually do really well. So yeah, yeah, I'm not counting her out. I'm just saying no, no, up to this point what the resume is. I'm, I'm not Absolutely. Tina slandering. I'm just I, I, cold don't hard worry. Back, baby. Ice. You could be like Tina dead. Like baby, I'm not going to be that upset. <laughs> I'm coming. Baby Ice, you and uh, 
co-coach over here on the fantasy team. Let's just take a look at that. I'm not slandering Tina. I'm hey, just hey, it's the beginning of the season. Baby and baby ass out of it. There's a long, long season ahead of us. We could still we could still come back from this. But yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. I feel like there's a few champions from previous All-Star seasons that are coming back this season feeling themselves mm-hmm. a little bit. And Janae is one of those. Yeah. And mm-hmm. listen, it doesn't look like good I understand, her, in my opinion. I, I, I get it. There's a lot of people who are not happy. There's a few people even in the live stream here saying like, oh, I'm not feeling Janae this season. They want Janae to be, um, I guess, the underdog, which she's been for such a long time. But I also like the fact that she's coming into her own a little bit and she's growing a little bit of a backbone. Like I can, I, I think it's good to believe in yourself. And I understand when you're coming after a fan favorite, people are not going to like that. But her as an individual, I'm not totally against it yet. Yes, you know what? Very similar. Yes is very similar. He's feeling himself this season. We did not see this yes last time. The only champion that's a little bit less visible is MJ. Like he seems to be the exact same like he was last season. Well, do we we saw how we all turned on Derek, right? Like we all used to be like Derek underdog. We love Derek. Throw Derek in; he's going to be such a he's so great. Mm. And then as soon as he changed the way that he is, we all started to not like what he was giving out. And that's just seemingly what's happening with Jonay. We like Jonay working really hard. Oh my god, doing so well, being the underdog, playing the political game super well. We love that side of her, but now if she's playing from a, like a, a you know, up here, I, I don't like this version of her and how she's playing the game. So, if it's a winning game, then maybe I'll change my mind, but I just don't know if it's actually a winning game and I think she's losing me as a fan um because it's not the same energy that she used to bring that I enjoyed about her. Okay, just playing devil's advocate here, right? Um, I like to see growth in people and people changing over season to season. That that doesn't bother me so much. I get the whole underdog. I have to fight for it from... And so you from like Derek? And, well, Derek is different because Derek... Well, you also like everybody that I hate. So I, I guess we're never yeah, going to see eye to eye here. I can tell this. <laughs> You're going to be like, you know what? I love, I love, I used to like Polly until you started liking Polly. Now I'm like (laughs) against them, you know? But no, no, listen, Chantel, like, let let me finish this thought here, right? So it would have been difficult for Janae to come back after just winning and play the underdog. I'm this innocent girl. I just wish I can get to the end card. She has to own the fact that she's a champion and she has to come in here trying to run the season. I don't think she's got places to hide this season personally. So I feel like even like in her confessional with us being like, you know, just add like some more numbers in my bank account. It's like, okay, we got it. You won. Cool. Why is it okay? Cocky doesn't doesn't look good on her in my opinion. Yeah. Why is it okay for a, why is it okay for waste or bananas to be like that? But then when, a female does it it's not okay like but it's in, always in been their vibe though right it's so it's just a different version of her and it's not and i if she was always acting that way i probably would never have liked her so you feel like right? it's not authentic that's what you're saying it's a, a, you it's feel not like authentic. It's the person, you know. one of them is not authentic authentic either how she was acting before or how she's acting now in my opinion yeah. they both can't be true and so it's i i don't like this side of her if she was acting this way this whole time i might not particularly have enjoyed her ever um but um i'm just seeing a difference and the difference isn't one that i gravitate towards um th- but go ahead I no, 
No, go ahead. I, I, I'm just going to talk go. about. I, I was just going to talk about. Um, you know, with bananas and and Wes, they've always had that kind of attitude, and like I didn't always enjoy that about them, but it did. I did grow. It did grow on me, and then like knowing that sometimes they did back up like what they're saying and stuff like that. So it it's become their character. Like that's who they are. It's not something that they flipped and changed completely, and so. I think it's just the switch that I, I just I I'm not feeling. Yes, and I I would just want to throw this out there. I I love John A. John A. All day. She was my first woman pick. I'm gonna stand by her no matter what, always. Um, but the thing is, is like the context I think matters in this because I love confidence. I love like Chris said the arc. I love when people sure. like grow and they can be themselves and feel confident with themselves. But the the context of how last season ended and everything true, that came out and then her to come out and be like well i'll just add it to the bank account with all my other numbers and it's yeah, like, it's like you know, shouldn't have won actually yeah we fair. know as the audience of what happened and it's kind of like yeah like there was some fudge up that wasn't necessarily on her it was production but there is that level of like okay well if she would have just won outright i think it would have been like I think it would have been like, okay, well, I'm cool with that, her saying all that. But but it did kind of rub me the wrong way because we just know in the back of our heads what happened. We know that fourth step was there and that... it was kind of fudged up. And it wasn't necessarily on her abilities that got her and MJ the win. It was the malfunction of production at the production. end. So I think context matters, but I do like that she is confident in getting to her, uh, get, becoming right. more self-reliant, I think. You're 100% right. Like I'm not... Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that as well, with everything that you guys have said um, about this and this potentially not being, you know, the, the, it's a, it's a definitely a 180 from, from what she was before. And it happened within one season. We haven't seen this happen over five or six season and seasons and in her incrementally changing the way that she approaches the game. Um, I'm not yet ready yet to completely, and it's funny, I'm defending her. She's not even my number one girl. I'm not ready to throw her away yet and be like i hate janae for the rest of the season now but no, if she no, continues no, to go no. down this tra trajectory then maybe that will change down the line depending on how i mean and again we only see what the editors want us to see like even in some of those earlier seasons i don't think that type oh no nah, it's, it's wrong i'm just going to stop that line of thinking because these things are pretty <laughs> bad women, even back then but i was gonna i was gonna say that that the landscape of reality tv as a whole has changed now where you can get females being a lot more cutthroat and be like that on TV compared to um, the earlier seasons of reality TV where there was different stereotypes in place. And I just want us to be aware of that, that we don't box her and like, she wants to be a badass, let her be a badass on sure, the TV. But I fine. agree with you. It's still yeah. annoying. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't know if we're at the, the arena yet, but when... So we see Melinda kind of hobble down there and like we said, I'm like, oh, she's probably going to self-eliminate here. And then TJ decides to be like, you get to pick your opponent now. I was like, ha ha, Janae, it's getting called <laughs> in. Like I yelled that because I was like, I thought that she was going to get her come up in right there. Um, so that's kind of how I was feeling that like she. I think the reason why I probably was feeling that way is from what you said, Drew, is that I didn't feel like she earned the win as much as maybe in another season or if there was no malfunctions or if she had completed the, the last section. Like, there were so many things about that final that really – remember, I wasn't even going to watch this season because I was so pissed off. And so yeah, I remember. maybe that is also <laughs> – We had an intervention. Um, Myself and Drew had an intervention <laughs> with Chantel off, off air. Get her back. 
to come to the challenge and watch it. <laughs> and so that could really probably be influencing me not feeling that she's deserves to be mm-hmm. having so much attitude right now. But, but, but I, I definitely it confidence is fine. Like yeah, yeah. women having confidence after winning, that is fine. But I think I think you're right, Drew. I think it's circumstantially it wasn't sitting well with me personally. Yeah. Agreed. And the same thing, like I said. Uh, and also, I just want to throw this out there. Chris, we are accepting members into the John A. Fan Club. If you want to keep on talking great about my pick, uh, go ahead. I'm totally down with it. Yeah. Like, listen, listen, I'm just not willing She's to not winning away yet based on two episodes. I, I don't I, – I mean, listen, if she wins this season, bloody hell. Like, hats off I to don't her. Think she, there's, deserves, like, she deserves I think to like talk all the smack she wants then because – If she does, I think okay, it's yeah, low. She, yeah, With if this she female, wins, this like... group of females, insane group of females this season, massive target on her coming into the season. She should not be getting close to the final. They have to throw her down into elimination. She wasn't in an we elimination see, in any of the first the, two seasons. The super trailer, right, Drew? There's a yeah, trailer. she's getting she's gearing up to go into an elimination. So she's gonna see Good. at least one elimination in this season, and it feels like, and I'm just throwing this out there from what I'm getting the vibes with, it feels like possibly. It has something to do with Tina or her alliance members, and maybe she can pull that off because it does feel like there is some animosity towards the two at the end. And I think that Tina really does think it as a personal shot. Tina is in power, and Janae is like, oh, like, can you just not put me against so-and-so? And she's like, nope. I'm giving you who I want, not who you want, and we'll get some just desserts. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, listen, uh, I'm excited to see her actually going into elimination for once because she's been able to dodge it for multiple seasons now. So there's just no way she should go to another finale without getting thrown in there. But I do agree with you, Chantel. Like, I just don't see, like, I mean, if she wins it, it's not impossible. She has won one season. She has got a competitiveness within her, but it's just such a stacked group of people that she's going up against. Like, it's, it's hard to envision it this early in the game. And with I think all of the champions, yes, um, Janae and also MJ, they're, they came into the house separately. People know who they are. They know these are the, the new hotness on the block. They've just won the last couple of seasons. People are going to be very, very focused on them. And I just don't think she's going to be able to play the same game she's played before. But let's go into, I guess, the elimination here, the arena. Uh, we do have, uh, I guess, the non-elimination happening between Melinda and Tina, which you talked about. I do when TJ teases us about these things and I'm like, TJ, why are you doing this to me? And like, I felt like everything Tina felt, I felt as an audience member watching this because I wanted her to take a stab at someone, bring them back there and take them on in the sand. But we know that that would have messed up their scheduling slightly. But TJ, bad on you for getting me this many seasons in. You still do it to me as well as the challenges out there. Um, And then obviously we've got the big rematch between... Letarian and Mark down there, and they've got this big pole or this beam that they need to push in opposite directions, and they have to hit a button to turn a light off. I think it's called Lights Off was the the, the name of the specific challenge that they were doing. Lights Drew, out. what did you think of this, or Lights Out, what did you think of this challenge, you know, this, this, this um, elimination as a whole? Did you like this? And seeing both of these guys who I think have got a lot of respect for each other go head-to-head again here, um, like you mentioned earlier, probably the best and the most well-matched two people going up against each other here when it comes to pound-for-pound and weight. 
I think this is a redemption for the challenge from uh, Push and Pull. I think it's what it's called from uh, or Push Me from um, from the duel, the duel? where mm. they kind of screwed up where Beth was DQ'd and then CT was DQ'd because the carabiner wasn't uh, wasn't attached or it was just a really poorly put together game. And they just decided to uh, just DQ people late in the game because they couldn't uh, unhook a, a flag. I think this is the better version of this game. And I think that this is a great elimination to be physical, but it's not necessarily people hitting each other. I mean, this is a fun endurance challenge fun. when it is two behemoths going at each other, like uh, Mark and Latarian. Now, say this is like Kahuta versus Mark. I mean, I'm nervous for him or Latarian. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is going to be a one-sided battle that's over in like maybe three seconds. But this is a fun battle. I think this is evenly matched, which makes it even better. And um, I commend Latarian for trying the route that everybody was telling him. I mean, it was a one in it was a one in a hundredth shot. Let's just be real. I mean, by the time Latarian gets all the way back there and gave up that much ground, I mean, it was just a matter of time. Um, but but before Mark, I think it's the gets the win. I just feel like this is Latarian's motive. This is his mo of of going into an elimination. If it's not a pole wrestle, then he loses. I mean, this is the best. This is this was his best shot of winning a non pole wrestle elimination, and uh, he just couldn't get it done. And I think it's something that he didn't expect to see or train for and mark just had a better overall strategy to start it out and and latarian was just fighting just, just the battle. number yeah. just, just the number for mark man like the guy's in incredible shape you know like um it, it was impressive to see it was a it was a battle right until the end latarian did not give up i was very shocked to tell that so many people were willing to help latarian out there and we didn't hear many people giving mark advice while he was down there yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on there. Um, maybe because we we did talk about earlier how Mark is friends with everybody, so he's friends with no one. And so we do know that Latarian is very supportive of the people that he's working with. And he is mm. new to this Alliance game from just last season, the first time he really, you know, decided to work with people. But he was always still willing to throw himself in for the team and so i'm sure it was like nehemiah trying to suggest things like i feel like he just had people on his side that mark doesn't necessarily have because like he doesn't really have a, a like a really ingrained alliance so i was surprised that people were helping him out but knowing how he's kind of been playing this last two seasons i i wasn't that surprised as a surprise i would have mm -hmm. been like his first season yeah, well, let's have a look quickly here at the um, teams that we've got in place. We've already took uh, took out Tyler and Cynthia here for episode one. We also lose Melinda due to medical DQ and Latarian here in the spot. So right off the bat, I'm three people down. Chantel, you're one person down, and Drew has still got a full team in place, similar to how last season worked for us with All-Stars too. Drew had the majority team for most of the, the season. He's a bit of an oracle when it comes to picking these teams, but uh, it's early days. I do want to move towards the point system because that's the last thing we haven't spoken about here. Um, and I'm going to bring up uh, an Excel spreadsheet. So for those that are listening to the audio version, it might get a little bit confusing here, but I'm going to try and do my best for those that are with us on the video side of things so that they can see what we're looking at. Um, and hopefully this is a little bit more visual this season compared to last. Uh, we've got a list here of different things that we're going to talk through. Um, and Drew, I'm going to hand it over to you because this is your your artwork baby. here. You tell us what you've been working on, your baby, your passion project. 
I stayed up till 1 a.m. Uh, trying to like streamline this spreadsheet because we've added so much since the last time we we looked at it. Uh, so we've talked on Instagram, the DMs. Uh, once we knew the context and the format of the season, we decided to change a few things up. So instead of just daily challenges, wins being only five points, whoever wins, we decided to put in place some extra points for whoever wins into the authority. So we have now daily challenge wins. If you get first place, you get five points. Uh, the two players that win second place will get four points and third place will get three points. Sabotages will be negative one. If your sabotage backfires like uh, <laughs> Jordan and Wes, uh, Wes's, back, uh, Wes's uh, sabotage backfired, it's negative one and eliminations are still plus three. And yeah, I think that's mainly what changed is the sabotages and the authority. Um, so if we go down to seeing everybody's points, um, I had to add in a whole bunch of stuff. I even added in a, a separate tab to calculate every da daily challenge win, second place finish and everything. So all I have to do is press in one number and it populates on this scoreboard. Um, impressive. It, that is it, good. You should it, sell it was, this. It was I'm not even TV. joking. Sell it to other podcasters. You need to uh, get them in touch with the people at RF. They do a lot of um, <laughs> you know, type of fantasy drafts as well. The the best thing would be if, say, the challenge just has the same cast on every single season and then we pick the same players every single season. <laughs> I wouldn't have to change a thing and it would be great, um, except putting everything back to zero. Uh, but so we look at everything. So the number that's in the black box is episode one's totals. So after episode one, Chantel was out in front by two points. Uh, she was in first place with 46 points. I was in second place with 44 points. And Chris was in third place with 34 points. Um, and then we move on to the total from after episode two. And things changed a little bit, but there is still very close in the uh, rankings. I have 83 points with my top player being Sylvia, uh, Wes at 18 points. Uh, Sylvia with 15 points. And then on Chantel, who's in second place now at 75 points, her top players are... Tina at 19 points, getting 15 confessionals and an, and two elimination wins. So we talked off of air about whether Tina should get the second elimination win. We decided that to make it simple, if somebody gets voted in or is sent into elimination and they get a star at the end of it, they will get the elimination points. Whether somebody gets medically DQ'd or doesn't even play in the elimination, if they get a star, they will get the three points. Uh, so... That's what's going to happen from here on out. And then Cyrus getting 15 points. Uh, can I just say, I was looking at these points and instantly regretted when I looked up that I had MJ as my last man pick with Cyrus still on the board. And MJ yeah. has a measly six points with three confessionals. I don't think he got a single confessional in episode two at all. So that sucks. Um but so Chantel's top two players are Tina and Cyrus. And then Chris has yes as his top player at 15. And his second place player is Cynthia. Funny enough with 10 oh. points from 10 confessionals, despite not even being in episode two, uh, <laughs> really, really impressive there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting how the scoring is so far. And like I was mentioning with the confessionals, it's interesting how the editing team was this season around because in episode one, we got at least some screen time from everybody. 
Um, and in this season, Brad didn't get a single confessional in episode one. Darrell got one confessional, and that was talking about Wes. John A. also got only one. Melinda only got one. And then in episode two, Naya and MJ did not get a single lemon, uh, get a single confessional. So it's just interesting how the editing is going this season or how it is going. Um, but right now it's still relatively close with only eight points to, uh, between Chantel and I between one and two. And then Chris is at 65, but he still has very strong players on his team. Like I could see any one of Chris's players, maybe not Kellyanne, if there's a puzzle involved, but I can see. Are you just trying to make him feel better? Any one of Chris's <laughs> players getting to the finals and doing well. I mean, you got Jordan, Darrell, Naya, and yes. Of so course. I mean, when we when we picked our groups or our teams, I really was like, this could go any way. This could go mm. any way I could feel. Like this cast is such so strong. Um, I am not very surprised about everybody who left so far. Um, mm -hmm. and sadly. For you, Chris, it, three of your eight players uh, went home this episode. But yeah, yeah. Well, That's I believe it. it's my bottom. I believe it's my bottom three that went home. So it's kind of yes. as we predicted. So my top five players are one, two, three, four, six players. Um, they're still they're still running, you know. So I guess at the end of the day, that makes sense. I mean, Jordan's still there. He's got a lot of people firing bombs at him early on. I think you know he's going to have to win his way to the end if he does get there. But he's shown to be capable of doing that in other seasons. So you could still go there and get a lot of points for me in the process of winning elimination. So I'm not too um, worried about that. Kellyanne's looking pretty strong. Darrell is exactly where I want him to be at this stage in the season. He's not getting confessionals, which is normally <laughs> a good sign because that means he's going to get a lot of confessionals towards the end of the season. That's typical Darrell, you know, 101 for me. Um, Naya, you know, <laughs> I think she's she's going to be a player this season. Like I said, she's coming back for redemption. Yes, I'm fearful of, like I do think yes and Jordan are probably the two biggest possibilities of going home early because a lot of people via Wes has now got an eye on yes. So that's going to be interesting to see how things go. But overall, it's a slow start for me. You guys are out of the blocks a lot quicker, but you know, we just sit there. You know, people like an underdog. They're like an underdog team. So I'll take on the mantle. <laughs> yeah i what i didn't know i wanted or i didn't know what i what i need and what i felt like this season is giving us is completely different storylines than we've ever seen mm, before with true. coming into the season you expect the west versus jordan how is this all gonna play out but what we're actually getting is west versus yes we're getting light versus dark we're getting this like old school there's only one way Darth Vader versus Luke Skywalker type of vibes. And it's coming from somebody that we completely felt was like, Oh, is what, what's yes going to do? Is he going to stay, try to stay out of the limelight being meek? No, I think him and Jordan could make this power duo Alliance where it's like, Hey, enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I didn't know I needed this fight, this rivalry. <laughs> um, I will say that, exactly what I thought was going to happen, which I didn't want to see happen was Derek and Nehemiah revert back to Derek and Nehemiah of past. Oh, that's right. Derek is in the season, right? I completely oh my forgot. God. I forgot yeah. Did he get he any is professionals? A, he is on my team. Uh, he has five total confessionals. He talked about uh, needing money for a wedding 
during the daily challenge. So he's got five total confessionals. Really, my bottom, my bottom guys are 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 rough right now with Derek and MJ getting no screen time whatsoever. I mean, I have to thank you guys for giving me my second my second uh second highest scorer with Sylvia having her drop all the way down to me. So I, I gotta thank you you both for dropping Sylvia down because if not, I would be <laughs> I would be hurting at the bottom half of my list if I didn't have Wes. So I'm just um, going to say, looking at this point system, it looks like biggest flop so far is Nehemiah. Only four points. Two mm. episodes in, and he was your number one pick, Chantel. So far. It's uh, early days, but but we haven't seen much of him. We, we want to give you a fighting chance, Chris. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? Is that what it is? Yeah. Now, if it's we, it's if interesting. we start turning it on completely, we'll just say... Right out there. <laughs> Bye, Chris. <laughs> um, guys, I think that's pretty much it for these first two episodes. We've been on here for just over two hours. Uh, every week, for those that are listening to this recap, won't be that long. I know you guys would love to hear us talk about the challenge for two hours every week, but we had two episodes to talk about uh, today, and it was a lot of fun talking to both Chantel and Drew about those. Um, you know, Chantel, Reality Realness, what's happening on your channel over the next week? What can people expect to see? And um, be sure to go and like and subscribe the video over on uh, Reality Realness as well. We're streaming on both the Nullified Take channel and Reality Realness today. What's going on? Actually, everything's pretty chill right now. So Wednesdays, I'm doing a watch party on Twitch. So Reality Realness on Twitch. Um, we'll, we'll watch the next episode of the Challenge All-Stars 3. So episode 3. So in the afternoon. So I'm assuming that I'll do it probably at around 2 or 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, I'll, I'll make a post about it, at least in the community and on you know all the socials. Just to let you know. And then going live at about 10 p.m. Eastern to talk about the same episode. So... That's what I have going on Wednesday. And then Thursdays at around 7 p.m. Eastern, doing a little bit of a Survivor recap. And then back here with you guys. I think that's all I have going on. But then I looked at, like, what's coming up. And it's, like, Love Island US, Love Island U um, UK. And then it's, like, all the challenge things. I'm, like, it's just the calm before the storm. But I think that's all I have oh, going on right now. There's, oh, a, I do there's some a big watch storm parties. coming. There's I am watching. There's a big storm reality TV coming. I know, right? Yeah. With Sarah from Nerdtainment. So Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Um, it's not all the time, but um, you could most likely find me there at the Sarah Atwood, where we're watching Australian Big Brother. So that's been pretty oh, fun wow. so far. Are you guys recapping it? Just watch party. Just watch party. Twitch. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I haven't watched out, this chatting. yet. I know, I know there's like, is it like three episodes in already? Like they do uh, like two or three one week, episodes a week. Four or right? four episodes. So one weekend. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, a lot of work coming. We'll talk off air about that because I've got some tea to spill that I can't sadly on a public podcast talk about, but there's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, Drew, what's happening on your end in regards to the Angel Cake Entertainment channel? Uh, you should be hitting your straps now with uh, a, a challenge season actually being active, right? Uh, yeah, so I was feeling bad because I had really put out a lot of content before this, but then uh, comes this week and I put out like five so many five days four <laughs> days of of constant con uh content um so i looked at my schedule i'm going to be doing like six videos a week pretty much uh one oh. would be a clip uh one tuesday is going to be clip and then i have uh stuff coming out endurance coming out sundays uh podcast for the challenge coming out on mondays clip on tuesdays review and recap on wednesdays tiny table talk on thursdays friday is gonna be a challenge video and us talking here 
Uh, and then Saturdays, I won't do anything because I was going to do power rankings. Uh, but that's going to be difficult. And I'm also, uh, I, I couldn't get the video done. And, I, and to me, I need a break. I feel like I need to take a take a big old nap at some point uh, during the week to not get overstimulated. So I think that I'm going to leave it at six videos, five videos in a clip a week uh, and leave it for now, especially knowing that we could be getting into All-Stars 3 uh cbs soon and then other spinoffs heading into the main season later this year so i feel like we just hit the point where we're just going to be constantly yeah, in motion I'm which i'm very excited about meaning that we could be talking with each other every oh, yeah. friday for the next year year <laughs> without any year. stoppage that's going to be fun it's going to be very very exciting um i don't know if you spoke about um I don't know if you spoke about your Patreon at all and what you're doing for the Patreon people over mm. on Angel Cake Entertainment. Um, I'm part of the Discord for Patreon as well. It's popping off over there. It's a lot of conversations happening behind the scenes. Do you guys want to get involved? Uh, Drew, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the things you've got going on for? Because it's, it's probably more than six videos because you're doing things for that as well. Yes, that is true. Uh, Patreon.com slash Angel Cake Vids. Uh, so every single Wednesday, I'm putting out a rewatch and commentary video on past season episodes of The Challenge. So we're about to start The Challenge 2000. We have already watched the season one and season two. So we're getting started into season three, which is Veronica's first season, Yes's first season. And uh, we're going to be chugging along that. That's actually one of my favorite older seasons uh, in the first like couple of them. Um, and then, so that's every Wednesday and then two, two weekends I do lives, um, for just Patreon people. So, uh, I'm going to go live this Sunday doing a live there. And then also at the end of the month, I do a recap and rewrap video of every single reality TV show I watch during the month, which is normally like nine to 12 shows. I give some updates on what I do and yeah, there's discord as well. And I think that's it. And then you get the credit at the end of every single uh, one of my videos, which I just said is going to be six a week. So you get credit after every single video. You'll see your name a lot after every single video. <laughs> but I'm having a good time uh, and I don't need sleep. I'm just drinking caffeine as much as possible. And I'm loving yeah. it. I don't know how you do it. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm on the Discord. I'm part of the Patreon group myself. You know, you, you respond to a lot of people on there. You, you're very active on that Discord channel as well. So, you know, with that annual crazy schedule of putting out videos, man, you, you work really hard and you give back to the fandom so much. And I thank you for that as one of your patrons. Um, spreadsheets. It's all spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Like, I don't know how you've got the energy coming into the, the two-hour podcast that we did today. And there's a bit of content that's going to be following, like you said, over the next year. We're going to be uh, pushing that out. But on the Nullified Take channel here, we will be recapping later on today, probably be in the middle of the night for you USA folks. I'm going to have a previous Survivor South Africa player as a guest this week as we talk about the latest episode of survivor over in the u.s tony tippett from survivor philippines south africa philippines she's going to be my guest today so i'm really excited to talk to tony um yeah and we'll also be doing obviously the recaps here on the nullify take channel for all the challenge content but i've also started dabbling in a few different things so i'm doing shorter videos top five takeaways so i'll be doing more top five takeaways uh for this challenge season and also i'm doing a little bit of reaction videos looking back at some of the most brutal challenges that has ever happened as per mtv and i've got some more reaction videos that i 
want to do in the future, reacting to some of these things as we go along. It's testing my own knowledge as well, which I'm really enjoying. And thanks for everybody that have checked that out. If you do like this content and you want to support us, please consider subscribing to all three channels. Uh, no matter who you watch, uh, it really does mean the world to us. It means that you guys do love us as a try and you support what we're doing. Um, obviously, you can subscribe right here on the Nullified Take channel on YouTube. Hit a like on it. It's absolutely free. Also, the Reality Realness channel with three S's where we're also live streaming from today as well. And then Angel Cake Entertainment here on uh, YouTube is Drew's channel. Thank you so much, guys. You're two hours and nearly two and a half hours, and we really appreciate you. And thank you for being so active in the live stream. We will catch you guys next week. Goodbye.